2: So much and welcome to another Friday edition of Tiddle Sports with Rick Tittle. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world on the American Forces, Radio Network. Yeah, that's right. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, National Guard, Space Force, Delta Force. Oh, Space Force is in there. That's a real thing. Wonder what it'd be like to go to the Pentagon and uh, and work over there for them. Would they take a guy in, in his fifties? Bueller, Probably not. one 800 play is the number to call overseas. 0 800 Get you in and get you heard. Whatever you might happen to uh, talk about in sports, we're here. But we do know that on Fridays, yes, that's right, on Fridays, we get a, uh, a little bit of a Hollywood bent in the first hour with Jan Wall, the famous film critic. She joins us, and we will have some fantastic Hollywood-style guest. Also, uh, Donnie Most, (laughs) that's right, Ralph Mouth, is going to be joining us. And i got to tell him that we were in the same catacomb in 1983 in Rome. Let's see if he denies it. Uh, Also, uh, Rory Ross from The Book of Boba Fett is going to join us in the third hour, along with comedian Benji Brown. He's at Helium Buffalo. Um, Rick's Picks as well. Do so I have a time slot? I do have a time slot. I can throw in some Rick's picks at 10-12. I'll tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose. The playoffs, wild card weekend, two on Saturday, three on Sunday. Ugh, are going to get things going at 1.30 against the Bengals. Uh, you know the cheerleaders? I don't know if they still are, but they used to be called the Bengals. I always thought that was kind of cool. But now that's probably not binary enough or something. Can't call a woman a gal, can you? I don't know. 1 800 878 Play. Also, TuneIn app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app. There I am on twitch.tv. Go there and look for Sports Buy on USA. Tittle Ending Sports with Rick Tittle is the Facebook fan page. Post a blurb, respond to mine. CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel. Tune your cable provider. 35 million homes. We're there as well. And the Twitter is at Rick Tittle.
3: Come on back with Jam Wall.
4: This whole wall needs to be shelving too. This is a focal point in our restaurant.
3: Leilani's new restaurant will have the largest wine cellar in the city. She needs a robust sommelier with notes of Are procurement manager. Three sections for France. I mean, this is the biggest Indeed can help in her hire restaurant. great people fast. Uh, I need Indeed. Indeed, you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com/credit and get seventy-five dollars towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
4: How is your car payment treating you?
1: At Alico.com, let us help you create your own backyard oasis, offering fire pits, pergolas, awnings, patio furniture, heaters, inflatable hot tubs, and more. We employ a group of highly skilled and knowledgeable employees who are happy to help you each step of the way. View our full selection at Aleko.com. That's A-L-E-K-O.com. 10% off plus free shipping on any item. Use code RADIO10 at checkout. Aleko.com.
6: Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. He's so handsome. He's a genius.
2: All right. Welcome back to the show. Nice to have you with us on a TGIF uh, version. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. First hour, always joined by the film critic Jan Wall. Janie, are you there? We're trying to get Jan Wall, but we do have our first guest and his director, Andrew Novick. He has a brand new documentary uh, that is called Bonet's Tricycle. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the show. Now, when you, I think a lot of people hear this title and they go, "Oh, I don't want to go over the John Bonet case again." But it's not about that case. It's about the weird uh, world of collectibles, isn't it?
7: Yeah, it's kind of uh, twofold. It's about collecting and you know the the value we ascribe to objects. Uh, so, um, you know, you you might collect something for your own memor- memory. Or something that was somewhere interesting, like a you know rock that was on the moon, something like that. Um, so John Benet Ramsey's tricycle is something that I've collected amongst my thousands of things, and so that's kind of uh, where the movie kind of enters. Is like, what's the what's the kind of uh, ethereal value of this tricycle being you know part of this horrific story that's been going on for 25 years now?
2: Yeah, and the term I hadn't seen before, but murderabilia, murderabilia instead of memorabilia. Um, have you ever, because I'm sure you've had friends that would say, why Why would you want that? And do you look in the mirror and do you ask yourself, why did I want this?
7: Oh, yeah. I I a lot of things I collect, I look in the mirror and be like, what, this is twisted or this is weird. But, I mean, I definitely am interested in kind of the darker side of, of life and humanity and getting to, you know, people's conscious and unconscious, you know, why do we collect something or why do we want a photograph of a, even of a dead relative? You know, it's like a memory. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely maybe along the darker side, but it's also, you know, crime scene, po- pro- crime podcasts and unsolved crime web sleuths. I think that's like more prevalent now than ever. You know, people are interested in JFK shooting and Charles Manson. Like it's always been you know, weird murder scenes have always been interesting for people, but um, I'd say now more than ever, people are interested in it. So, you know, why would somebody want to hear about this tricycle? I think a lot of people are definitely interested.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're right, that uh, especially on Netflix and Amazon, these true crime things, and even SNL did a sketch about why women seem to be more interested than, <laughs> than men in a lot of these, the forensic files and others. But, I mean, I think about I don't know. It's going back to the '80s. Didn't Michael Jackson buy the Elephant Man's bones?
7: That's yeah. That's the rumor. I think that's <laughs> that's, that's a that's a g- great example of like a, a you know a weird power of an object. And so in this movie, we take the tricycle and actually some candy cane yard decorations that were um, in the yard at the time of the murder in 1996. We took those to psychics. Um, to see, you know, could they derive anything from it? And I'm, I'm a very, I'm a skeptic of psychics, but we gave them a fair shot. So that's kind of interesting part of the movie. But it's also, you know, this this case has become pop culture. And so in, the, in our movie, we talk about, um, you know, when tragedy becomes pop culture and why is that? And what's the, you know, like that sounds horrific on the surface, but really it might be a way for us to deal with horrific things is by, um, you know, giving it, like, a, a little bit of a candy coating and, like, you know, just being able to, to manage it somehow.
2: All right. Uh, Jan Wall has joined us. Jan. Yes.
8: Hi, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. We're going to use this landline from now on, so we should be fine. So we are talking to the director of...
2: This is Andrew Novik, and I know you and saw Andrew, this movie. I watched
8: the movie. It is one of the most interesting films. This film is so interesting that I couldn't... I couldn't watch Jeopardy like I do every night. I had to tape it. I had to tape Jeopardy because of you. This is such wow. an interesting film. I mean, it's so fascinating. You are really interesting, I, um, you know, your whole collecting thing. But then you turn this thing into a study of fun and also a study of this very important thing that happened with John JonBenet Ramsey and then a whole spiritual aspect to it. It's a most fascinating movie.
9: I'm
7: glad
8: you liked it. Oh, I just loved it. You are one interesting cat. (laughs) I
7: I try to involve myself in a lot of cool and interesting
8: uh, excursions. Did you leave that bike? Do you know about this movie, Rick? Did you see it?
2: I, I haven't seen it, but I do want to get to the Japanese medical punk dance party at some point.
8: Well, he's in there. It's in there. I mean, he talks about that, too. This is really your kind of film. Anybody who likes eccentric, unusual, uh, <laughs> would really love this movie. I mean, I really want to tell a lot of people about it, because I have a lot of friends who really appreciate eccentricity.
2: What is What was your favorite part of the movie, Jan?
8: I think the whole journey with the bicycle, with the tricycle. The Tricycle Journey. I mean, the journey is such an, a multi-complex journey. It's not just that it was Jean-Bernet Ramsey's. It's that he gets into who really killed her, but also he gets into the history of the media. And, you know, I'm in the media, and I'm sort of of the media. And uh, he really explains pop culture. Don't you think, Mr. Novak?
7: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's a big part of kind of my psyche and also what I was trying to get across in the movie, you know, like, Just as an example, you know, because I was taping the news. I lived in Boulder at the time of that murder, so I was very close to it. And I saw just the media circus outside the house and, you know, Geraldo and CNN are all in Boulder. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was I was taping the news on VHS. And luckily I saved all that because it was useful for the movie. But they would be like top story tonight. No new news on the Ramsey case. <laughs> wow. And to me, that's like that's exactly you know because they were they were anything that, that would ever happen you know like somebody dropped a uh, their wallet on the ground like, you know in the Ramsey case like they would report on it right like whether it was useful or not. And, and so even yeah. the fact that the top story was no new news tells me that there's something kind of fishy with the media.
8: Right, right. You really explain that. And then having the psychics come in. I mean, that just added to the, the layers of this. You really made a layer cake of, of fascination for me. Wow.
2: <laughs> so, Andrew, um, what about the people who say, you know what, you're sick in the head. Uh, you, you, uh, in fact, encourage crimes like this. So what do you think about, as the kids would say, the haters?
7: Yeah, I mean, no one is. Has- come out and said that but um <laughs> i think that uh you know in our movie we we don't show any footage of the uh the top pageants and john yeah. Bonet dancing around exactly. and all, i mean exactly. I, I, I find mm-hmm. that to be very kind of sick and exploitative
10: mm-hmm. and yeah.
7: every news piece that ever talks about the case shows that stuff so i would say my i mean my piece is less exploitative and more um inquisitive That's about right. us as a culture
8: yeah, there's not a lot of exploitation here. What there is though, uh, Ricky has this guy who shows up like Dr. Fauci and he explains, you know, he's he's Mr. Straight Professor and he talks about the theory of of this. And uh, not of the killing, but of fun and of uh, uh, inquisitiveness and eccentricity. So you've got this professor who's kind of anchoring this whole thing. It makes it most fascinating. Oh.
2: Well, I want to make sure everybody gets a chance to uh, check it out. It's called JonBenet's Tricycle, a documentary feature film by our guest, Andrew Novick. Andrew, congratulations on the film, and thanks for stopping by.
8: Thanks for making this, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, thank you so
7: much. Do you, do, you, do you want to learn about the Japanese medical punk dance party? Yeah,
2: 30 seconds. Go, my friend.
7: <laughs> oh, in Japan, they, they have a lot of—it's very interesting and weird fashion trends, and one of them was, like, fake injuries as fashion. And so you would have like a bloody gauze as a fashion piece. So we <laughs> I, I got a group together and we had a fashion show and a party and we took a of photos and it was at like a an abandoned hospital themed party.
2: Great stuff. Hey Andrew, get that on make that a feature film, will
7: you? Oh yes, that would be great.
2: <laughs> All right. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall with you. Thank Come you on Andrew. back on the other side.
8: Wow, what a
10: Thanks. movie. What a movie. <laughs> in der Pfalz, Ich lieb' dich nun mal, jeden Berg, jedes Tag, Heimatland, du mein schönes Pfälzerland. Die
13: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
2: All right. Thank you for that, I guess. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall with you all over the airwaves here in the lower end contig and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to uh, welcome Marco Wendt to the show. He is with the uh, San Diego uh, Zoo Wildlife Alliance and their newest destination at the San Diego Zoo is getting ready to open... Uh, next month. Uh, and um, Marco, welcome to the show. And I've been to the San Diego Zoo. I went there for a, a Super Bowl party uh, and it was uh, amazing. But uh, w- w- tell us about this new addition. It's very exciting.
14: Oh, yeah, no. And thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about this wonderful new experience at the San Diego Zoo. So if the public is not aware, you know, we're San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. We have two front doors, San Diego Zoo and San Diego Safari Park, but at the San Diego Zoo, which is in the heart of San Diego, here in California, we're offering an uh, innovative and inspirational new experience called Wildlife Explorers Base Camp. It's engaging. It's a hands-on adventure. Uh, it, it's hopeful. Lots of optimism for kids of the world, whether you're one or a hundred, it doesn't matter. It really it really speaks to everyone uh, to come and immerse themselves, and really what, what's a lot, I think, a lot of inspiration for children as uh, their their loving nature and all the the nuances of wildlife around the world.
8: Marcos, this is Jan Wall. I was there uh, just a few weeks ago. Now, I went to both the Safari Park and the zoo. Is this for the zoo or the Safari Park that you're referring to? Uh,
14: Oh, excellent. This will be for the San Diego Zoo. So, again, this is the the zoo Uh that's going to be found in the heart of San Diego.
8: Uh Uh-huh. And and what happens? Do you you get behind the scenes, or how does it
14: go? Oh, yeah, the Wooly experiences. You know, uh, like we offer. I believe you did an animals in action during your trip here to zoo. Did. Is that correct? I Jen? did. It
8: was the most amazing thing ever. That and the safari park. The two uh- things were just amazing. Oh, that's so great. I'm so
14: happy you're able to experience that. So as, as I was mentioning, you know, the Wildlife Explorers Base Camp is going to be offered uh, with your admission when you come to the, the San Diego Zoo. But like that experience, the animals in action that you have at the San Diego Zoo, there'll be opportunities, other special opportunities, of course. Also, for, for instance, animal encounters. You get to meet some of our ambassadors at Wildlife Explorers Base Love Camp. That. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be interactive. It's going to inspire so many. I'm super excited about it. I mean, we're talking habitats like the desert dunes, you see burrowing owls, marsh meadows, where we have all manner of snakes and amphibians, crocodilians, turtles, wild woods with squirrel monkeys. Rainforest habitat, which is one of my personal favorites, because I I think really inspired me when I was a child for nature is Mm -hmm. the insects, you know, uh, leafcutter ants. I'm so excited. We're going to have leafcutter ants uh, available for the public to check out. It's almost like you shrunk and you've immersed yourself into this wild habitat in the rainforest. So It's going to be super exciting.
8: I can't wait. You're just like me after I was there. I mean, I was so excited. I want to tell people at the safari park, I mean, the zoo is great. The safari park is great. At the safari park, you can sit in a Jeep and go through the actual habitats uh, and get really close to rhinos and giraffes. I mean, I made eye contact with this one giraffe who I know (laughs) wants to get into show business. I mean, she was like, I mean, it was just so amazing and so close to a baby rhino. I mean, I, I just came back so enthused about animals and wildlife.
14: Oh, I love that, Jen. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the key of what we do. You know, this is why we do what we do. You know, we uh, we're an international, nonprofit. We do conservation work in six continents. We have over 200 collaborators work. For instance, you mentioned giraffes and and rhinoceros. We do a lot of work in conservation with those species worldwide. And what's so great, you know, I can tell you have such a good time. I never get tired of the zoo and the safari park. And I've been working there like 26 years, but it's. It's just amazing, and what's magical about it is you have these wonderful experiences with friends and family that you get to take home, and then you get to know that your interactions, your purchases, as an example, you're directly contributing to conservation efforts worldwide, and that just makes it extra special, I think. It's a global community working together for for the conservation of everybody.
2: Speaking with Marco Wendt to the San Diego Zoo and Safari Park, Marco, when you listen to your customers, your fans, and they say, we want a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that, how much of that um, uh, feedback did you take into the new design?
14: Oh, okay. we always listen to our guests. I mean, we would not be who we are and what we are if it wasn't for our visitors and our guests to come yearly uh, to the and Safari Park. And, you know, we really wanted to speak to uh, sort of like a larger audience with Wildlife Explorers Base Camp. Again, the, the overall theme and essence of it is for the youth of the world to inspire our future conservationists. But I wasn't kidding. Whether you're one or a hundred, this is going to speak... To everyone, and there 's so many different nuances to this habitat uh, all, all these habitats I should say that uh, everyone is just going to come away feeling inspired, feeling hopeful, and just with wonderful memories with their experience at wildlife explorers base camp
8: you know i 'm not a zoo person, and I came away feeling like I wish all zoos were like this because um, boy, these animals really scored i mean. They have wonderful, <laughs> wonderful habitats that are so well-designed and and beautifully made. And uh, then also you make it so people don't uh, – there's so many ways you help the environment and the species. Um, it's hard for us to talk about it in one little radio, you know, moment. But um, it's it, it, you get all of that when you get down there. It's really – I mean, it's really worth a special trip.
14: Oh, I, I think so. And as you mentioned, you know, we – We speak to to the global community. Uh, We have this concept of one health, and it's about not only saving the animals, the plants, the ecosystems, but also the communities of the world, and in particular the communities that live Side by side, I give you. I mean, we have, like you said, it's, we have so much to talk about with the work that we do. Uh, well, I'll give you a quick example. For instance, our uh, program that we're doing in Cameroon in rainforest to save gorilla project, working with local communities, the chiefs of those areas, to work with the local communities that are interacting with that wildlife to help save not only their their existing ecosystems but also benefit the people as well and you know that that's really what it this is all about it's about the the interconnectedness between wildlife and people worldwide and we get to help facilitate a role with that and it's just it's just great it feels really good to be part of this organization and I'm just so proud <laughs> well, I don't blame about, you Carla. honey
8: I mean at one point <laughs> the cheetah didn't want to do anything and the and the cheetah person said hey, we don't make them do anything. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. You know, I just love the attitude toward the animals and how much the people who work with them love them. And, oh, Uh, I met an owl I still want to get back there and have some time with.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Marco, let me ask you one last question, and that is, you know, sometimes you'll go to, I've been to some zoos, and uh, this summer I was one at a smaller city, I won't say what, but it looked like three elephants were crammed into a closet and then one sun bear had a football field. So how do you go about divvying up? Uh, You know, you only have about three acres here. So how do you go about divvying it up?
14: Well, you know, again, uh, we are very good at what we do. You know, we want to make sure the wildlife under our care is having the physical, mental benefits all around. Right? We do everything we can to help out. And so a lot of these species-specific animals for these these encounters and these experiences are perfectly designed into those habitats. For, I'll give you an example. For instance, one of our areas, we have the wild woods, marsh meadows, desert dunes As an example, the rainforest. So you're going to have beautiful arrays of habitats that are going to be showcasing animals like butterflies and beetles and mantises that are perfectly designed for that species-specific habitat. Contrary to that, we have marsh meadows, for instance, where you're going to have this sort of water experience, the cool critters building it's called. You're going to have snakes and amphibians and turtles, and of course, Fijian Fijian, uh, iguanas, which are endangered, but we're doing a lot of work with that as well. So we have the specialists that are species-specific that, have a lot of say in the development of the beginnings of these habitats as well. So everything is designed specifically for the animals and their uh, adjacent habitat. So it's, you're going to be blown away. I mean, I keep talking about it, but I can't wait to see your faces and come see Wildlife Explorers Base Camp. Uh, watching these animals thrive and children smiling. And again, the, the goal is to inspire these future conservationists and give them some hope for the future.
2: Opening up in February, how do we find out more, Marco?
14: Oh, please, join our website at www.sdzwa.org, and we have all that information, all those special experiences we talked about earlier, Jan, it's all on there as well. So I I encourage the populations of the world, the communities of the world, to get involved in conservation. If you can't visit us here at the zoo, I'm sure you can find ways of helping out ecosystems and the wild anywhere in any corner of the planet. So I can't wait.
2: There he is, Marco went with the San Diego Zoo. Hey, congratulations on the addition. Thanks for coming by and talking about it. It's amazing,
8: Marco. Thanks for the work you do. Uh, Thank you, friend. Appreciate the support. Have a great day. You
2: too. No doubt. And uh, Jan, for you. You
8: You know what, Rick? I sang Sinatra to uh, Three Rhinos and a Baby. I sang Sinatra because we were so close to them. uh, I thought I'd sing. And boy, did they get excited.
2: The Summer Wind. Hey. What did you sing?
8: I sang, come fly with me, let's float down to Peru. And they dug it, they dug it. I'm telling you, the rhinos are hot. Have that's you done great.
2: karaoke, Jen? What's that? Have you done karaoke? <laughs>
8: yes.
2: <Yeah>. Me too. <laughs>
8: it's sad.
2: You know why? Because we're a couple of hams. I that's guess that's right. why we're in this industry, aren't we? <laughs>
8: yeah, it's so true.
2: All right, when we come back, we're going to speak with Israeli actor Sassan Goodbye, uh, and uh, the band's visit, uh, the, uh, the musical... Uh, We will get to that as well with Rick Tuttle and uh, Jan Wall. And we'll do that in a minute. Come on back on Sports Violet.
15: Exergen would like you to know about an important new study by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has always known. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com.
19: I'm just a
16: caveman. Your world frightens and confuses me.
13: <laughs> Rick Tittle wants to hear from you. The phone call is free, y'all. Just dial 1-800-878-PLAY to get yourself on the air right now. Call him up now, lazy ass. 1-800-878-PLAY.
20: But I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, Okay. You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. Why are you there? Why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm
2: not. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show, Coast to Coast and Around the World on AFN. Rick Tuttle and Jan Wall with you. And it is our pleasure to welcome Israeli acting star Sassan Gubai, and uh, he was in the band's visit, the musical, which has won ten Tony Awards, coming to this town as well. But Sassan, tell us just how big this was in Israel, because could you even walk down the street?
21: Well, uh, in uh, I, I must start that I, I initiated the the, the 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 role in 2007. In the film uh, that was uh, a big hit in Israel, and I think abroad, and even in the U.S., it had the wonderful selling. Uh, it's so, and and it was uh, it won many uh, awards in Israel, and it was it was great and big. And uh, 2010, uh, um, Orrin Wolf, the producer of the Broadway show, um, came to Israel and asked me if I would like to to join the uh, musical for to that. It sounds to me a crazy idea, uh, uh, unrealistic, but uh, it took him some eight years and he produced it uh, first off-Broadway and then Broadway, and then it it won uh, so many uh, Tony Awards. And I joined uh, the the Broadway show in 2018, uh, spent almost a year, and since then we've done uh, one tour, which uh, for almost a year, that stopped because of the COVID. And we started a second one last september and really i mean it's it's uh, it's incredible to see this a uh, very uh, low budget film and a very gentle and delicate story uh um, yield so many uh, uh people who come to see it and, and enjoy it till this very uh, the, this very day uh, We are in san francisco we started Tuesday. Uh, the audience
8: loves it and uh, loves cheers and, mm. yeah, Hi and yeah. this is Jan Wall it's the most amazing story Hi, Hi sweetheart, it's such an amazing story about eight Egyptian musicians uh, who are part of a police orchestra and they arrive by mistake in a small town in the Negev desert in Israel so these Egyptian musicians are in Israel by mistake in the desert <laughs> It is so fun to watch this. There's so much about the commonality of spirit between the Egyptians and the Israelis. Uh, I love the movie, but I love seeing it on stage even more.
21: Yeah, thank you. I mean, it, it's really uh, it, they they arrived in in the, this uh, remote town by mistake because they it should arrive to Petah Tikva with with a P, and right. because the, the the Egyptian can't pronounce the P, <laughs> it, 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 they arrived at the Petah Tikva. And uh, the story of the of this Broadway show, uh, which is very non typical Broadway show, is the um, is the, the, the night that they spend together because they are welcomed by the the locals. And the interaction between uh two a group groups of strangers okay. and that become a very uh a very uh um, common and become uh, friendly, I mean uh uh they uh it shows that um, be, behind I mean, behind all the curtains and all the politics and all the nation uh lies people, uh decent people and uh and uh and they we need each other and we are so much alike uh in our needs. And uh, this is, a, a, it's a funny show, and it's got music, uh, Arab music and jazz music combination that uh, really, uh, it's, uh, and, and I admire the openness of the audience uh, that are able to, to uh, enjoy it, such a combination.
2: Yeah, and I think about uh, being the winner at, at the Cannes Film Festival, and you mentioned, you know, humans are much more alike than they are different, but you think about the the Six-Day War, the Yom Kippur War, all the tension between Egypt and Israel over the years. And so this movie was a feel-good movie, but it was realistic as well, wasn't it?
21: It is. I mean, we, we, are, we are usually, all all, all, of, all all the people, we were a uh, consumer of news, you know, and we see the conflict only through a, a specific eye, political eye, news eye. Mm-hmm. And we, we tend to forget that behind this, News there are people there are humans and uh, and how much uh, i mean if it was up it was up if uh, it, it was up to us we, we would have made peace uh, among ourselves sooner i mean uh, uh, we have uh, and then we have wonderful group of people, uh, Janet is doing Tina uh, wonderfully, and uh, um, we are people from. Uh, originally from Palestine and, uh, and e- Egypt and American, so and Israelis. And we are a combination of people that, that work so beautifully.
2: Yeah, and I have to make sure I mention, this is playing at the Golden Gate Theater through February 6. You can get right. tickets at BroadwaySF.com.
8: And, Cecil, you are a very important actor. And it was a, a, an honor to see you on stage. I mean, you are really a big-time actor. And who, yeah. who got you into this? I mean, when you were growing up... Uh, and could you mention Omar Sharif when you talk? <laughs>
21: yeah. how, how I arrived to this part, or uh, well, uh, I
8: mean, it uh, just—who inspired you to become an actor? I mean, why did you even go in? Uh, You're so uh, remarkable, uh, and you've gotten so far and have won just yeah. about every award. Uh,
21: first of all, thank you uh, for the compliments. Uh, well, I—I I, I was dreaming to be an actor since I was a child. I, I was a very uh, shy and very quiet boy. And I remember that at the age of ten or nine or ten, I did did some sketching in school, and all of a sudden I felt at home. I felt free, and I felt confident. And I wanted wanted to to repeat this feeling over over again. And since then, I started to be interested in theater and in cinema. And uh, it, it was I mean the path was uh, ahead of me, and I I I went to it.
8: Right. It was, um, I just mentioned Omar Sharif because you mentioned him in the van's visit. I mean, he was yeah. like a big deal when you were growing up, right?
21: Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah he was one of my idols. I mean, I, I've seen him uh, in Egyptian films and also in, in, in the American films. Uh, he was uh, really a, a big star and he was an inspiration for I mean, uh, all the Middle Eastern, I think, and, and foreign uh, uh, actors. Uh, that made it uh, uh, throughout the world and uh, throughout uh, the, the American cinema. Yeah. Uh, and there are, I mean, there are so much uh, um, talented groups in, in Egypt and in Israel uh, that that uh, our nowadays. Uh, um, I mean, the the media is more open through Netflix, through uh, uh, many kind mm-hmm. of uh, of right. media that the people can can feel it and can uh, enjoy it and uh, mm-hmm. appreciate it.
2: A couple more questions for Sassong Goodbye at the Golden Gate Theater. It's the band's visit through February 6th. A lot of times these these, uh, musicals have great acting and a great story, but, you know, the music can be okay or forgettable. Not here. This one album of the year, it won an Emmy. What's it like to have a great play? And then also the music is so strong.
21: I mean uh, um, this uh, I'm really proud of it because you know I since that since this musical on Broadway you never saw Arabic Hebrew and English uh, all together at the same play and playing in, in uh, Middle Eastern music uh, so it's not a typical um, uh, Broadway musical with razzle dazzle and so in, in it's uh, the story is very gentle uh, the the play and, the, and and the Broadway show doesn't uh, promise anything that it doesn't fulfill and uh, I mean uh, for for the audience it's very uh, it's wonderful to that they are so interested to see and to hear and to experience a different uh, a Broadway show uh, I mean all the other Broadway shows are very entertaining and I love them but this one is very uh, um, different in in, in its uh, in its special uh, uh, way, in its special uh, expression and and the uh, and the means.
8: But you and, walk uh, out you know, feeling good about the world. I mean, you sorry? really do. You walk out feeling po- positive, positive yeah. about the world. You know,
2: yeah.
8: you know. You know um, yeah. Rick, you know, uh, our guest also was in a Rambo movie.
2: Yeah, Rambo three.
8: I know. <laughs> what was that like, Sasson?
21: Uh ah, that was beautiful at the time you know I was younger than, than now it was some years ago some almost uh, thirty years ago uh and uh i mean it for me as an israeli actor to to uh to participate in such uh a big production american production for me it was uh i mean a a whole thing uh, altogether a uh, new and uh how you very like exciting. Bone? Uh, Stan was, was was wonderful. Uh, I, I I mean we worked together. He's he's great in what what he's doing, and I mean we had we had a good time at, at the time at the time. Yeah, it yeah. was quite uh, quite
8: long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, What's I like it? what yeah, you're doing yeah. right now, babe. You are amazing in this, and people thank have you. got to go see you in li- live while you're at the Golden Gate.
2: Yeah, and so Stan, yeah, I wanted to ask you. you. This is such an international movie as you mentioned, and uh, I've seen the movie posters from Japan, and, and what's it like to get letters or emails from people literally all over the world?
21: I mean, it's really beautiful. Uh, we, we've, I went with Aaron Collierin, who wrote uh, the, the script and directed the film, and he's the, I mean, he the inspiration for all the things. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, um, it has been uh, adapted uh, to musical here by Itamar Moses. And directed by David Cromer, and the music was of David, wonderful, wonderful David Yazbek. Uh, I was I was with Iran in Japan in a film festival, and we we won the the the, the, the award of the best the, the best film. So I mean, it's really wonderful. I mean uh, to see people from, and I, I I experienced it mainly in Broadway because in Broadway you see New Yorkers coming to the show, and also tourists. And I see tourists from Japan and from and from uh, South America and from Europe and uh, uh, I mean it's it's so it's so moving to see many kind of people with, with different uh, backgrounds uh, uh, enjoying and 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 appreciating this. Uh, so I, I really I mean for me it was uh, and still I mean uh, I've done I started it in 2007 and until this very day. Uh, I'm I'm uh, working in it, and it's, it's like my I can I can um, describe it as my baby uh, in a way.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's very cool. It's very cool to see the uh, the actor in the movie also live on stage. So make sure to do that at the Golden Gate Theater right here downtown until February six. You can get your tickets at BroadwaySF.com. dot com. We've been speaking with Sasson. Goodbye. The band's visit. Thank you so much, Sasson. Thank you,
8: Sasson. Thank, thank you, you. So
2: thank much. you, guys. Great. Okay. All right, 30. great stuff, oh, and the show
8: uh, is so good. Oh my god,
2: good stuff, Jam. We got some recommendations on the other side.
8: Okay, we should sure do.
2: Let's do it. Come on back, Rick Tittle and Jam Wall, y'all. Who?
10: the big stuff. Who do you think you are? It's the big stuff, stuff.
8: You're never gonna get my love.
13: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
2: Uh, I feel bad about that. Jan Wall, we have a... Jeez, what a
13: terrible thing, Rick. It
2: it was at the San Diego Zoo, too, and I got thrown out. I know. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, what we should or should not be watching.
8: Right. Well, because I'm making my top tens of the year. I'm trying to see everything. Mm -hmm. So I've got a couple of ones. Well, one that's going to make it and one that's not. The one that's going to make it is King Richard, and this is about uh, the tennis players, you know, the the great uh, Venus. and Williams. Absolutely. And Will Smith. I mean, I'd vote for him for best actor. He's fabulous in this. And you really get a sense that this is a kind of straight-from-the-heart true story, uh, just beautiful. Uh, he's just transformative, as Richard Williams trying to teach his kids about playing tennis. And it's really, you know, we talk about sports a lot. Well, it's the love of the game. And you really get that in the back half of the film, the great love of the game and how hard it is and how it has to come from a place of passion and and study and, and uh, practice.
2: Yeah. And you know <laughs> what? There are a lot of people who were anti that movie because Why? they said there was just so many things that or a farcical and didn't happen just to make it look better. But this is what I'll say to that. Look, the guy took two girls in Compton and turned them into the best players in the world. So that, I think you can take, have a little poetic license.
8: A little bit, yeah. I, and, and it didn't feel like there was a lot. Is that what people said? Because Yeah, because had,
2: apparently he was a real SOB, and they make uh-huh. him look like a saint, I guess.
8: Uh, not so much a saint. No, he seemed kind of obnoxious, like you wouldn't want to be around him. <laughs> and if those kids weren't, weren't so good you know they were so good that they were able to get past his personality which was you know aggressive mm-hmm. and very much know it all
2: right all right so what didn't make the list uh,
8: the didn't make the list would be the tragedy of macbeth which um i love macbeth it's one of my favorite of of the shakespearean dramas because um you know everybody's really really bad and they got witches and it's real scandalous kind of thing and killing and all that all the stuff i live for and um this one is just so sparse. There's no costumes. There's no design. Uh, it's just the actors themselves. And also Denzel Washington, as much as I love this guy, he was just not strong enough as the uh, guilt-ridden king. And Frances McDormand, wow, she just... I mean, she's great, but, God, she looks like she ran into a door. I feel so bad for
2: her. <laughs> Don't body um, shame. It's actually out today on Apple TV+, Plus. if you want to watch. Really?
8: Well, I mean, the language is fantastic, of course. Mm-hmm. And they chose... Ve- and, and well, homes- I think you
2: should show more of the milk of human kindness. speaking of Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, Jan, have a great weekend. Out damn spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick Till and Jan Well, we got another two hours. Come on back.
22: A Salmonella outbreak has affected at least 44 people in 25 states. The CDC warned Americans that contact with bearded dragons, a popular reptilian pet, has resulted in more than three dozen people across the country becoming infected with a strain of bacteria called Salmonella, Uganda. After NATO and Russian talks broke down Thursday with zero results, Ukraine was hit by a massive cyber attack warning its citizens to be afraid and expect the worst. And Russia, which has massed more than 100,000 troops on its neighbor's frontier, released TV pictures on Friday of more forces being deployed to the area. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman.
4: We have made it clear and we told the Russians directly again today that if Russia further invades Ukraine,
9: I can help you, too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com.
23: Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203.
22: Kids going to college is on the decline.
24: College enrollment is at a 50-year low. It continued to drop last year and nearly 1 million fewer students enrolled in college compared to 2019. That's according to a report from the National Student Clearinghouse. The rate of college enrollment has been trending downward in recent years and was made worse by the pandemic. That has education experts concerned that a growing number of students are shunning higher education as a cultural shift instead of a short-term effect of pandemic disruptions. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg.
22: The Supreme Court on Thursday blocked the Biden administration from enforcing its sweeping vaccine or test requirements for large private companies. The OSHA mandate required that workers at businesses with 100 or more employees get vaccinated or submit to a negative COVID test weekly to enter the workplace. That has been found unconstitutional. USA Radio News.
5: The greatest radio shows of all time. Frank
11: Sinatra as Rocky Fortune.
5: Classic radio theater.
11: Matt Dillon, United States Marshal.
15: The story of Dr. Kildare. The Pepsodent Show, starring Bob Hope.
22: The greatest radio shows of all time. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. On this radio station or wherever podcasts are served, just by searching for Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. That's Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. The Biden administration's policies in his first year in office have sent inflation skyrocketing as a result. Republican Representative Ralph Norman on Newsmax says Biden's policies is making one-term President Democrat Jimmy Carter look like a hero. Well,
12: it's have a devastating impact on Americans. This is all self-inflicted by this by the Biden administration. At the end of 20, the inflation was 1.5%. Now, uh, over 7%. I'm in the, the home building business. For homes, which is the, the forerunner of the economy because of all the things that it, it impacts, Uh, it's going to be a a tough next couple of months. It's all self-inflicted from gas prices to car prices uh, to not being able to get food and the supply chain. You know, what's shocking, you know, we can send a man to the moon and get him back and we can't unload cargo ships. Uh, So it's having a devastating effect and going to have uh, apparently for the next several months. And this administration is tone deaf.
22: The James Webb Space Telescope is the world's most powerful space telescope and took nearly 30 years to deploy. Now it's almost at its home one million miles from Earth. It trails our planet in an orbit around the sun. The telescope is currently around 711,000 miles away from Earth, almost 80% of the way to its final destination. To put this in perspective, the moon is closer to Earth than the James Webb Telescope at this point. It should be noted it won't be fully operable until the middle of summer.
1: That's 800-817-2968
18: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it ricky t in the hizzle for shizzle biznatch
2: hey welcome back to the show rick tittle with ya the band's visit is actually on amazon prime if you want to check out that movie Uh, just have one segment free if all my guests show up. That'll be next. I'll give you Rick's picks. We have David Liu, the author of The Way of the Wall Street Warrior. We have Donnie Most. Sunday, Monday, happy days. For viral vignettes. Ken Thompson will talk NFL from ATN. Rory Ross from Book of Boba Fett. And Benji Brown, Helium Buffalo. The uh, A's just put out a media release. And it really doesn't matter what their coaching staff is if they trade medals and <laughs> Chapman, too. I don't know. But they announced their coaching staff for not Bob Melvin, but Mark Kotze. Brad Osmus is the bench coach, which we were hearing about. Of course, he was a major league manager for five years with the Detroit and the Angels, and he stunk as a manager. Say what you will. Tommy Everidge, the kid from Petaluma, is the hitting coach. And a lot of people are going to love that. He was kind of a fan favorite, a little tubby guy, but he came up for the A's. He made a little noise, and then he went back, and he's been a minor league coach for a long time in the A's system. Chris Crone. Is he one of the Crone brothers? Those are some big hosses. He's an assistant hitting coach. I guess we need two. Darren Bush is now third base coach slash run prevention coach. I love that, run prevention coach. I've never heard that before. So Darren Bush, no longer the hitting coach. Eric Martins is now the first base slash infield coach. Mike Aldredi takes over as quality control. Um, Remember, Bob Melvin was his boy, but they're keeping Aldredi around here. Bob Melvin did not take him to San Diego with him. Does that say something? I don't know. Uh, Emo returns as the pitching coach. Scott Emerson and Skyline High School, former first-round pick of the San Francisco Giants. Marcus Jansen is back. As the bullpen coach, he'll be down there uh, with the uh, clipboard, and he'll wave when the guy's ready. I like Mar- Marcus Jensen. I interviewed him once when he was doing the AZL League as manager. I think he's going to be a manager someday. I really do. All 800 a 1-800-878-PLAY. Big shout-outs to sheep listening both home and abroad on American Forces Radio. Never take a quick break and come home back. Deep
13: breaths.
3: My's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates. Write from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
6: Hour 2 of Titillating Sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Hour 2 of Titillating Sports.
25: Hey! Check out Channel 9. Check out Rick Channel.
2: All right, check me out. Welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. Coming up in the next segment, we will have David Liu, and uh, we'll also, I'll give you my picks, but let's go to those phone lines at 1-800-878-PLAY. In Oakland, it is Chris. How are you?
19: Rick, good morning, man. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Sure. I just always love your little drops, man. It's, uh, it's good stuff, man. Thank <laughs> you. good. Um, okay, so, uh, let's see, what's wrong with our Warriors? Uh, are we just, like, this is a fake team or something, or what are we
2: doing?
19: Are we gonna, like, show up tonight in Chicago, or what, uh, what's wrong with the Warriors?
2: Well, they're playing the, the champs in their building, and, um, they've been playing, uh, phenomenally well. I mean, there's gonna be ups and downs, and it's understandable, I guess.
19: Yeah, but it's been four, you know, I mean, again, I, you know, man, you know, I think, Obviously, I was there for Game Seven against uh, against Cleveland, and that mm-hmm. was probably really the most heartbreaking, one of the most heartbreaking sports thing ever been. Mm-hmm. But the 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 game against the Toronto, man, we should have just beat those guys and just obviously, you know, Clay gets hurt, uh, yeah. when his face gets hurt, um, you know. So that that would, I think that hurt more actually because if we didn't uh, lose to Cleveland, then we wouldn't have gotten. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name, Durant. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about, uh, Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Yeah, we wouldn't have got him. So. That's number 1. Number 2, uh, I like how you're going over the uh uh bench coach positions. I like Brad Osmus. I mean, yeah, he wasn't that great Detroit, but you know, it looks like we're we're good. You know, I I, I met uh Katze a couple times. Super nice guy, super you know, get, you know, get 5 minutes of his life. Super engaging. We're all sad to see Melvin go, but it's probably time. And I think Cote will do it. I just, you know, I mean, we lost, you know, Starley Marte, we lost even your your boy uh the foodie guy, we lost him. Um, <laughs> I don't know what kind of team we're gonna have this year. Canna
2: was not my boy.
19: <laughs> no, I know you always talked about him. <laughs> um, okay, and John Lester is that a is he a is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. I mean, he won the you know my partner my business partner is a Cubs guy. He loves John Lester. I just remember like you yes, when you were talking about yesterday. You know this guy we traded Cespedes for him, and you know Billy Bean kept saying, "Well, we wouldn't have made the playoffs without Cesp- without uh, Lester." I just remember that game, and I think I think I was with you at that game. We were at Ricky's, and there was like, you know two hundred people there watching the you know the, the Leicester meltdown against the Royals. And I was just, ah, I just leave such a bad taste in my mouth. So I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he does have three rings. And, uh, you know, he was good with every other team except for us.
2: Yeah. Well, I wasn't him? there. I, I can never watch games at sports bars. It's just it's not possible for me. I don't know why. I just, because people are always talking. There's too much ambient noise. I just remember I did the nesty plunge onto my hardwood floor um, af- <laughs> after, after. I remember, remember. Even, they've had seven stolen bases, and even Billy right. Butler stole a base on Derek Norris.
19: Right, right. Yeah, that was, yeah. I forget the guy, our catcher, that we we signed, and he got hurt midway during the yeah, game. Yeah,
2: Gino, disaster, I forgot his name. Something Italian. Whatever his name was. Yeah.
19: He, was the, he was the the guy to slow him down. But I remember seeing Ricky Anderson at uh, Ricky's, and I've met Ricky probably ten times, and he never remembers me. But, uh, you know, yeah. Ricky's still our, our favorite guy going on. All right, the last thing... Um, I always try to ask you a history question: Is George Patton overrated or not?
2: No, he's not overrated whatsoever.
19: Okay, so he's one of your great American generals. I went to his gravesite.
2: And- um, <laughs> I went to his gravesite in Luxembourg actually as a kid. Now, if you if you think about Bastogne, and I went to Bastogne too, and I was a kid in the Battle of the wow. Bulge and having them wow. hold out, and and the way he got, what did he get? Three tanks through? I mean, just the fear he put in. Right?
25: No, he. he- up from Southern
19: France, and he, you know, but people say that it was kind of, you know, he took all the credit, and there was other guys that, that got those guys
2: out of Bastogne. But uh, well, I mean, my, I don't know, man. He's, the I mean, 101st was in there, and, and General McAuliffe. It's funny because I was thinking when he was asked to surrender, General McAuliffe said "nuts." Nowadays, said, nuts. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays he would say "d's nuts." Um, yeah.
19: <laughs> General McAuliffe's a distant relative of mine, so yeah. No, I'm a wow. and he, You know, he and he was related to the woman who, you know, passed away in the Challenger shuttle in the
2: 80s. Sally uh, Ride, Mr.
19: Yeah. No, not no, not Sally Ride, Christ uh, uh, Christian
2: McAuliffe. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sally Ride. Christian McCallif, right? Yeah. was one of the. She was
19: the teacher. But for I mean, at, uh,
2: Monty was way overrated, and you know, Mark Clark was an I idiot. Agree. Mark Clark was an idiot. But if you think about Sicily and you know Patton racing to Messina first, to, you know, and some people say he was a glory hog. Maybe he was. Sure. But but and they weren't pearl handled pistols. They were ivory, and he was a Californian like <laughs> he was a Californian like <laughs> us. He was
19: California. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you know, and the Germans always said, like, hey, man, they, you know, they suspended him because he slapped some guy. I mean, that was like, you know, not to talk bad about our German brothers, but. That uh, was very woke. That was was standard fare of the German army.
2: That was very woke, yeah. And the other thing is, you know, at the Olympics, he should (laughs) have got a gold medal in the pentathlon, but the the second shot he took went through the same bullseye hole as the first one, and so they said he missed the target. He should have been a gold medalist, and then he almost died in the. Was that
19: 19? Well, when was that? Wow, that's that's. That okay, was in, I, that. I think it was where, where,
2: Helsinki. I think, and then he.
19: So fifty six, okay. Uh,
2: no, Wait, no, no, they, we,
19: they, no. He would have been. No, he would have been Helsinki was fifty six.
2: No, it was so twenty. It would been, would it be, wouldn't
19: it have been with uh, with, you, with your with uh, your buddy. Um, Not just. Oh God, the guy. Uh, thanks, thanks, King. He's oh jeez. the guy that was um, Jim Thorpe. Jim when in nineteen twelve? He was in nineteen twelve.
2: I can't remember I can't remember when it was but in World War 1 he almost died in a tank too. So um in those tanks right. back then you all you did was try not to suffocate on carbon monoxide coming back in. I mean it was uh but no he was the 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 fact that they he didn't get to participate in D-Day and they had all those inflatable tanks in England the Germans were right. so scared of Patton alone that's right. another way he was effective.
19: Right exactly and you know again they cuz he slapped a the guy they pulled him out but the German army that was like regular, you know, hey man, they're, they're slapping everybody on Tuesday. So well, it was only um, because yeah, look, okay.
2: everybody did that. It was only because there were reporters there,
19: right? And a reporter okay. slot, right. So yeah. fair enough. I so I look at I look at Patton, General uh, uh, Lee, Robert E. Lee, probably great American general, of Washington, not great tactical general, but you know, kept the, the the thing together. And then my my, um, my pick, I don't even remember General Souvorov. He was a Russian general that just kicked the. Ottoman Turks' butts left and right. So, you know, you look at my, you know, not that you're asking my five favorite generals. You, you, you got, are, uh, the, they got
2: the world Mount Rushmore for generals. <laughs>
19: <laughs> <laughs> on a sports show on a Friday uh, morning, yeah, man. I don't, I don't want to kill your show. So, anyway, Rick is always, man, let's, uh, you know, let's, we got Chicago tonight. Let's, 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 Warriors, come on, man. Let's wait. Is Draymond coming back tonight or is he not playing tonight?
2: I, I have no idea.
19: Okay. Well, Clay yeah. needs to play more. Clay didn't play enough last night. Steph's not hitting him. You know, and all the all our guys that you know, what's this uh you know, my our our friend Gary Payton's junior, uh or the second, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was out yesterday. But uh let's you know, come on man, we've gotta make the we've gotta beat Chicago. We gotta beat Chicago.
2: All right. Thanks for the call, man.
19: Thanks, Rick. I all right, I,
2: I appreciate it. And uh, honestly with the Raiders in the playoffs, I, I mean the, it's not like the Warriors don't exist to me. <laughs> I just it's just not must see T V right now for me. I, I I'm I'm so uh, I'm so focused on this. And and by the way, I mean I don't have any time for these other to talk about these picks, these, picking these games. I'll do them um, at the end of uh, the next two hours. But I can at least talk about the Raiders. Let's do the Raiders, the Raiders and the Bengals. Both teams ten and seven. You have a team that had to win four in a row to scratch their way into a wild card position and become the top wild card. By the way, I'll have you know the Raiders are the fifth seed. This is why they go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati won the division. Maybe they're a year ahead of things. Right now, Cincinnati's favored by 5.5. 60% of the public is in on Cincinnati. 62% of the public is in on the over. The total is 48.5, getting this from Jimmy Shapiro. Uh, there's, no, there's a fact, uh, factual statement that Derek Carr has not played great in uh, cold-weather situations, and uh, Derek Carr is a, a good quarterback. He's not great. He is good Um, Can you win a Super Bowl with a good quarterback? Many cases of that. Brad Johnson, uh, Trent Dilford. You want me to go down the line of good quarterbacks? I would say Derek Carr was even better than those two guys. Um, But Joe Burrow right now and Jamar Chase and what they have, the kind of confidence they have is great. I'm just hoping that they look down and they see the name Bengals and they're like, we're not supposed to be here. But then again, if you're under 40 and you look down and see Raiders, you think, well, we're not supposed to be here either. (laughs) So... There has never been a text message sent about a Bengals playoff victory because their last one was '91, and texting didn't come out until '92. So, just thought I'd let you know. That's how long it's been since they've been dancing in the Queen City over their kitty cats. There, uh, I think the Bengals win this game. Uh, it kills me to say this, but I think that the uh, the good vibes run out. I'm Rick Tuttle, We'll take a quick break. Come on back.
1: That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
4: How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest
13: His servants.
2: It's uh, incorrect. Welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle, with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show author Dave Liu. He has a brand new book in hardback from Wiley Publishing. It's called "The Way of the Wall Street Warrior: Conquer the Corporate Game Using Tips, Tricks, and Smart Cuts." Dave, welcome to the show. I know you got kind of a little funny Wall Street bull holding a sword and a it looks like a golf club. Uh, I was just Uh, on wall street last month and i saw tourists taking pictures with the bull and most of them are taking pictures with his junk be honest do you have a picture with his nether
26: regions (laughs) no i don't actually that's one that's one photo op i missed
2: all right well you know in the subtitle tips tricks and smart cuts you know they say fake it until you make it are there shortcuts in wall street
26: Yeah, I mean, there are definitely shortcuts, I think, in life. Um, And I always tell people it's better to work smart than work hard. Uh, And so, what I did in my book was I summarized all the tactics I used to scale the corporate ladder that I didn't learn in school, but learned the hard way. And I wrote this book originally for my two boys because I wanted them to have all the benefit of their old man and use him. You, regardless of which, whatever industry they went to. So the tactics I write about in my book really apply to any competitive industry, and we all know that Wall Street is a pretty tough Machiavellian industry. And so my view is that, if like the adage related to making it in New York, if you can make it in Wall Street, you can make it anywhere.
2: So what would be a, without giving them, you know, you, you want people to buy the book, but what's maybe one trick you can tell us?
26: Yeah, so I think one of the things that is really an underlying element to my book is really trying to understand what motivates people, what makes them tick, and then building incentives around them so that you can get them to do what you want for your career. And so one of the things that I always did throughout my whole career was I always tried to make uh, my boss look really good. I would make sure that, frankly, they would get credit, you know, for all the work that I did. And my view was that if I could help them ascend the corporate ladder, then they would take me with them. They would let me ride on their invisible jet, or they would let me ride on their coattails or tag onto their cape. Now, lest you think that I'm a moron (laughs) for doing that, uh, one of the other elements of that that I would tell people, and I did myself, was you would always try to document everything. So to the extent that you feel that your boss really doesn't have your interests at heart and is really just using you, then what you want to make sure you have is you build a dossier of all your achievements and all the things that you did throughout your career so that if the time ever came for you to step out of the shadows of a Batman, if you're Robin, you would have all this information and all this evidence to prove the value that you're bringing. And, you know, the strange thing is, you know, I've been working for more than 30 years now. Whenever I tell people that, it's really shocking how few people actually document
12: their achievements.
26: Um, What I did was I'd save every email, and I would also, if I did a great job, I would have clients write uh, email recommendations uh, to my boss and CC me, And tell them what a great job I did and the value I added. So that's just one small example of a tip that worked really well in my career. But the fundamental foundation of it is making sure that you really understand what motivates people, particularly your boss, and figure out how you best use their motivations to help you in your career.
2: Uh, We're speaking with Dave Liu, the book the way of the Wall Street Warrior, I know you say that you, you can turn weaknesses and liabilities into assets. What would be an example of that?
26: Yeah, so for me personally, I was born with a, a pretty big facial difference. I was born with a bilateral cleft lip and palate, which caused me to have uh, almost a dozen surgeries and spend, up until I was 18, spend my life in hospitals and treatment. And the... Uh, unfortunate benefit of that is that I had a lot of scars and people would always stare at me. And so when I was younger, uh, it would really bug me a lot. But then when I got older, I realized, you know what, I'm kind of like that billboard on the freeway that you can't stop looking at. (laughs) And so if people are always going to remember me as that Chinese guy with scars on his face, then why not have them remember me as that smart guy with scars on his face? And so Even when I was really young, and very junior, I knew that people would remember who I was because I was so distinctive-looking, and so I would always try to make sure that in every meeting, every interaction I had, I would try to say at least one intelligent thing and bring at least one intelligent thing to the table, and that really worked to my advantage, and even to this day, I think there are actually very few people that Don't at least vaguely recall meeting me, even if it was only one encounter. So that's just one example of how I use what I think most people would say. Well, that's a big disadvantage. I'd actually use it to my advantage because I'd make myself memorable in more than just a negative way, but really in a positive way as well.
2: It's very interesting. So, how much? Just listening to your last few answers, how many? How much of this is knowing the nuts and bolts? Of Wall Street and how much of it is just understanding human nature?
26: It's really the latter. I uh, The book is called The Way of the Wall Street Warrior because I'm a Wall Street warrior. I was on Wall Street for 25 years, but I purposely wrote a book really to help people who feel underrepresented in any highly competitive industry. So I stay away from a lot of the typical Wall Street jargon and Wall Street specific elements, but I really focus on highly competitive industries that have strong similarities. And I try to teach you and try to educate people on what are some of the common skills that work across industries. So it really is all about what are some of the things that are common throughout industries that are competitive uh, related to how people think, how people are motivated, how people are incented, and then how do you harness that for your own advantage.
2: And then, you know, I think about... um you know, everybody is going to make a mistake now. And then is there something that you missed? Like, did you miss out on Apple? Like what, what was the one that you whiffed on?
26: Oh man, I whiffed on one that hopefully doesn't make you think I'm a complete bonehead, but I had an opportunity at one point to buy a million dollars worth of stock in Google Mm. at a $300 million valuation. And I passed on that for a whole variety of reasons. And I actually talk about it in my book, but uh, one of the things that you uh, should appreciate and people should appreciate is the context in which you're uh, asked to make decisions. And the time that I had that opportunity to invest in Google at a $300 million valuation, uh, the only major publicly traded search engine at the time was Ask Jeeves. And it was trading <laughs> at about $50 million market cap. And we were in the middle of the cold winter of the Web 1.0 dot-com crash. So I try to remind myself that I'm not a complete moron, but <laughs> my career is definitely filled with those type of mistakes and opportunities. But, you know, like the cliche says, you know, you learn from those opportunities and move forward. And so uh, I try to learn from those things and try not to make the same mistake twice.
2: Yeah, even Ted Williams hit 400, so he's making six outs. So, yeah, don't worry about it. Um, do you, did you guys ever get drinks at the Francis Tavern?
26: No, I didn't. But I, I used to drink a lot at the Twenty One Club in New York.
2: Mm-hmm. That was your watering hole.
26: It was. There, there quite a number. I mean, I'm uh, I'm fifty. I'll be fifty this year. So I'm, I, I kind of missed a little bit of the three martini lunch Madman era. Mm-hmm. But certainly in the '90s and and early 2000s, you know, we we did entertain clients quite a bit. And you know, there's uh, stories like you see on the film, like The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, things like dwarf tossing and some of the more salacious things <laughs> that were pretty common uh, on Wall Street when I was there, but it has, has certainly toned down a lot since I left.
2: Yeah, it's not it's not very PC to do dwarf. I don't even think we can say dwarf anymore, much less toss people like that. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, Dave Liu is with us, LIU. The book is The Way of the Wall Street Warrior, Conquer the Corporate Game Using Tips, Tricks, and Smart Cuts. This is available from Wiley Publishing. Dave, uh, congratulations on the book. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks so much for having me. All right, good stuff. And, um, you know, I think about when I was down on Wall Street, the, the thing that always, um, you know, there, there's a lot of places in the world that, you know, are bigger than you think and smaller. Wall Street is so small. Like if you go from the Battery, you know, Brooklyn, Queens, uh, you know, I'm just going to do the Beastie Boys song here. I won't do it. But if you go to the, from uh, Battery Park, and you go up. Wall Street is so compact. Those streets are so narrow. There's like room for like one car. It's really not that big. But if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Speaking of that, Donny Most is coming up next. Get on back.
15: now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com.
1: Seventeen fifty nine. Hello? You there in the car. Listen, if I was a cop, I'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance. Woo! I bet that would scare the heck out of you. (laughs) But seriously, I still want you to get your insurance papers out. Whoa! That's ridiculous! Look, we all have cars. That means insurance. But newsflash, you don't have to pay a fortune for it. What smart people all over the United States are doing is saving hundreds of dollars calling AIS Insurance. Some of you could be saving up to $600 a year. Maybe with an extra 600 you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now, and get your car washed please 800-756-3744 800-756-3744 800-756-3744 that's 800-756-3744 Mr. Clean,
3: Mr. Clean So a friend told me about Mr. Clean
4: Magic Eraser and his exact words were, it changed my life. I used to spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to remove tomato sauce from inside our microwave and soap scum off the bathtub.
3: It's like seriously magic and my secret weapon for cleaning the kitchen, bathroom, doors and walls and even keeping my sneakers clean.
4: Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Greatest invention ever. Mr. Clean, Mr.
10: Clean, Mr. Clean.
11: Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. The unicorn of cleaning. Well, I might as well tell you now. You lot may all
16: be
14: internationals and have won all the domestic honours there are to win under Don Revy. But as far as I'm concerned, the first thing you can do for me is to chuck all your medals and all your caps and all your pots and all your pans into the biggest flipping dustbin you can find. Because you've never won any of them fairly. You've done it all by blumin' cheating! (laughs)
13: Rick Tittle was selected at random from the phone book to host this show.
2: All right. Thank you for that. And, uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American forces radio network. It's been our pleasure this week, catching up with a lot of the, uh, actors and actresses who have been a part of viral vignettes. And, uh, this is all part of a, a fundraiser to go to seed and dot uh, to watch some of these vignettes and joining us on the line right now is Donnie most. And, uh, uh, or should I call you Don? Do you care one way or the other?
27: No, it doesn't matter. However you, however it uh, hits you, it's
2: fine. <laughs> well, as somebody who watched Happy Days as a kid, it, it's it's Donnie. So Donnie, um, you won a Best Actor award for your violin vignette, right?
27: Yes, uh, just recently. Um, yeah, at a, at a festival, um, our producer's been entering entering in different festivals, and this was the uh, New York. Uh, best actor and director awards they they have a thing there that they do it each month and uh um, he submitted for i guess uh december and um yeah and i won best actress so and that was very nice i was very um grateful for that and uh you know we all the actors in the show were, were terrific um i i happened to have a little more to do because i was in three different episodes so um I might have had a bit of an unfair advantage in that I had a little more, but um, I'll take it anyway.
2: <laughs> you know, I remember a few years ago taking the uh, the subway out to Coney and going past Erasmus Hall High, and I thought, oh, that's where Al Davis went, Barbara Streisand. I've talked to Michael Rappaport about getting thrown out of there. What, yes. what, what was that like? Uh, I mean, it, it seemed like that's uh, rough and tumble. <laughs> well,
27: it wasn't. It wasn't uh as rough and tumble as I uh, as I thought it would would be. Um I had a great, great experience at Erasmus Hall and um yeah, it has quite a legacy. Yeah, as you mentioned, Barbara Streisand and you know, uh, some great actors. Eli Wallach went there mm-hmm. and uh Barbara Stanwyck went there. Wow. Laney Laney Kazan, Neil Diamond and um even Mae West went there. Wow. So um a pretty uh, a great legacy and funny story about Barbara Streisand. We we heard was that she got kicked out of the chorus there because because her voice wouldn't blend, so they kicked her out of the chorus. <laughs> that was a, a pretty cool story. Um, yeah, I had, I had a great uh, you know growing up in Brooklyn and going to that school. Great experiences.
2: Now I also have another story for you. Uh, I saw you in Rome in 1983. Oh. Do you remember being oh my in, God. do you remember being in Rome in eighty three? Yes, I do. Do you know where wow, I and you
26: were there?
28: Do
2: you know do you know how I remember It's because I was going through the catacombs and there was just like four of us and I was with my girlfriend and I saw you and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Ralph mouth and you made a face like, Oh no, I've been recognized.
27: <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Well, you know, I I guess down in the catacombs, you know, you don't expect it. <laughs> I don't know, for some reason. <laughs> down, you know, I'm like going, I'm in Rome, in the catacombs and it's, um, yeah, you know, um, that was amazing. Uh, a trip. i loved, I loved that trip to Rome. That's funny that you were there.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, I was but telling my girlfriend, I was yeah, like, Hey, it's, it's Donnie most it's Ralph mouth. And she's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, it is. And I spent <laughs> half the time trying to convince her it was you. Well, I've been vindicated. It was you.
27: You were right. You were right. Yeah. I was with, I had a friend who's, who's from Rome and, um, he, he was a producer and became a, a, a really good friend in LA and then we went on a, trip with him you know there's no better way to see roman with the roman you know so um but i guess you knew where to go too so uh i'm sure you had a great time
2: did now um speaking as i said i've had barry boswick on we had robert wool on yesterday and robert wool was very emphatic that you're not just a good singer you are a great singer as that how about that donnie
27: that's great to hear robert say that um well, the thing is, I, I actually started out singing before before acting. I was uh, very young when I was pursuing it, 13, 14 years, and I got picked to be part of a nightclub review that uh, performed up in the nightclubs up at the Catskill Mountains, you know, the, the uh, resort area upstate New York that was big back then. And um, I was 14, turning 15, spending the summer singing in nightclubs. And um, that's kind of what I was first set out to do um, I knew I was in I'd like to do some acting too but I didn't get real serious about acting until about a year and a half later uh, when I was 16 I I kind of put the singing aside and and enrolled in a much more serious uh, acting class in New York City and um, just focused on that but I always knew the music would come back in some way and um, about seven years ago I realized uh, if I'm never going to do it, you know, I better start cuz I'm getting younger. And and the music that I love is the great American songbook and the jazz standards, big band and 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 you know, that had fallen out of favor so to speak in the 70s and 80s, but it it, it came back and you know, all kinds of people were doing it. You know, it started when Harry Connick kind of brought it back to some degree and then of course uh, Tony Bennett and, and Diana Krall and Michael Bublé now. So um, I figured, well, this is my bread and butter. This is what I love and I grew up and it's in my blood. So when I, I put a show together and started doing it at jazz clubs in LA, New York, and the response was fabulous and people were totally surprised, not expecting this from me. You know, they just well, how, well, why didn't you sing more in Happy Days? Why did Pazzi do all the singing? And we get that all the time. <laughs> And, um, you know, I'd tell them a funny, there's a funny story, which I don't have time right now, but, um, I didn't really get, you know, I sang a little bit, but I didn't really get to do it. And, um, and they're like just amazed. And I, so I have a CD out that's called, uh, D mostly swinging. It's been out a couple of years with a great big band of LA jazz musicians and doing all the standard, a lot of the standards. And I'm working on a new one with a producer based in Nashville, and that'll be out sometime this year. Uh, so I love it, and um, I'm actually doing a show. I'm down in Florida right now near Orlando, and tomorrow night I'm doing a show at the uh, Claremont uh, P- Performing Arts Center. It's about half hour outside of Orlando. So, um, yeah, I'm still, and I did my first symphony about a month ago, which was an amazing high for me, so, uh, doing it with, you know, 55 musicians. Oh, my God. So I'm hoping to keep doing it, but I've been busy with the with a lot of different TV and film work as well. So, like viral vignettes, and and um, I think viral vignettes, um, you know, starting to get a lot of attention, and hopefully we'll get it launched as a series. That's what we're trying to do.
2: So, as Rolf would say, I still got it.
27: I I still got it. Yes. Even
2: in Florida, I still die. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's uh, tremendous. A um, couple more questions for Donnie Most Viral vignettes. I, I remember hearing the story that Henry Winkler didn't like being called Fonzie, and last week I actually had Anson Williams on the show, and he said at first he didn't like being called Potsy, but now he he likes it. So when you walk down the street and someone's like Ralph, do you like uh, it? Do you, what do you think?
27: Well, you know, it's funny. I guess back in the day when you know when we were number one show on television and there were only three networks then you didn't have
10: yep.
27: you didn't have uh internet you didn't have cable even so there was so many people you know 50 60 million people watching us every week and and um you know it got to the at the beginning sure it's 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 a neat it's a great feeling that you're being recognized and people you know people say well isn't, why would you have a problem with it isn't it great well yeah it, it's great at the beginning and for a while, but you know, then when it's twenty four seven and it's your whole life is totally like a Twilight Zone episode. It's completely transformed, and so you know you want to be able to still have a somewhat you know like be able to go out and have dinner or whatever. And so it, there was a period when you know we had to learn to get adjusted to it, and it was you know you didn't we didn't have in acting classes they didn't they didn't have classes for you know dealing with with huge thing, you know? So you, need, you really almost need a psychiatrist for it because it is so abnormal, the, the change in your life. So it was, you know, there's a transition period where we probably, that's probably why I reacted that way when you saw me in the catacombs. I was like, you know, oh my God. <laughs> um, but I think with with time, you know, I and, and getting older, and certainly it's not anywhere. Now we don't get it like we did back then. So when it happens it's it's so it's nice, you know I embrace it and and it's manageable it's not twenty four seven um and so like anson i I have no problem with it now and and I think also it's because i i I didn't want to be so associated where that was the only role I would ever get to play and um mm-hmm. I actually left happy days after my seventh season when the contract was up, and the show continued for four more years after that. But Ron Howard and I left after the seventh season because I, I wanted to have a career that last that would go on, you know, for a good part of my the rest of my life. And um, I, but now I've done a lot of other things, so I guess I'm not as uptight about that. You know, I I've I balanced it, mm-hmm. and I'm and hopefully will continue to do so because I feel there's a lot more to do. And so so I. I, it's so much more balanced that I I can embrace it now and, and appreciate it better, and um, yeah, and and just uh, yeah, just appreciate it and and be grateful for
11: it.
2: Yeah, very grateful. Last question for you, and and that is you know when when I was in in grammar school, happy days was as you mentioned the, the biggest show and you didn't have VCRs and if you missed it, you missed it and you felt like crap because <laughs> right. all your friends were talking about it and, and, and you missed right. it. So w- what was that like being, as you said, basically, you know, one third or half the country had their eyeballs on you every week.
27: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's like I was saying, it's, it's like being transported into, you know, uh, the twilight zone. it's, it's hard to describe because, um, you know, it, it, it feels like you're living in some alternate reality, you know? And, um, you, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, and as we talked about, and I, I thank God that I had a normal childhood, and I went to, you know, uh, public schools and high school and then went to college for three years. So I was 20 when I got on the show. Wow. And it was hard enough to deal with that sort of thing. But, you know, that's why I think it's so difficult for if somebody's 12, 13, and they get and they're on a big show, and and then their their life is turned upside down, but they haven't yet kind of learned who they are. They haven't established their own identity yet, which you do during those years, you know, of, of junior high and high school and college. So that's why it's so difficult for some of those child actors, and they have problems. It's 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 a very abnormal kind of thing. Um, yet it's it's wonderful and obviously in, in many levels. Um, but 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 it can it can come back and haunt you and, and big time. So um, I luckily, you know, uh, dealt with it. I'm sure there was periods of time where I was a bit of an ass about it, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. where I just couldn't deal with it, mm-hmm. you know. And if somebody came up to me, it was like you know at the wrong time. I I might have gotten pretty short with them, you know, um, and I might have been a little less intolerant at times. But then I, I you know, I think that's part of growing up and learning, uh, you know. Of uh, getting some wisdom as you get older, and also the experiences that you learn from.
2: So, um, no, I'm, no doubt I'm, about it. a better place. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, and I want to make sure everybody once again. Seed and Spark dot com. Check out the viral vignette. So many great stars, including our guest Donnie Moss. Hey, Donnie, uh, great interview. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, hopefully we'll catch oh, up down the pleasure. road. My pleasure. All right, great. Uh, stuff.
27: Definitely, I enjoyed I enjoyed the chat.
2: Thank you. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back.
5: Call now and learn which Echo products by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water.
1: 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789.
17: If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is.
13: Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat Boy.
2: Oh, that's messed up. By the way, David Culley fired after one year in Houston. That happened after the show yesterday. He was given a crappy team, and they were crappy. Deshaun Watson reported today that in October, he offered one of his 22 accusers hundred grand to drop the suit, and she declined. Uh, the Niners, uh, at least Nick Bosa, have given the Cowboys do you call it bulletin board material. He was asked about Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins, the tackles. He said, I think they're both very solid players. Obviously, Tyron's had a Hall of Fame career, I think, and him and Trent have been some of the best tackles in the league for a long time. But they're definitely beatable. There's tape on them getting beat, and we're trying to do the same. They've definitely been in and out of the lineup a lot this year and the past year, so the game plan is to make them work. You know, you think about over the years when Larry Brown said, I own Jerry Rice, or when T.O. stood in the middle of the star and George Teague cranked him. I think my favorite was after the catch, Too Tall Jones told Montana, you just beat America's team, and he said, well, you can sit on your ass with the rest of America and watch the Super Bowl. That game just got a little bit more interesting. Come on back.
22: A Salmonella outbreak has affected at least 44 people in 25 states. The CDC warned Americans that contact with bearded dragons, a popular reptilian pet, has resulted in more than three dozen people across the country becoming infected with a strain of bacteria called Salmonella, Uganda. After NATO and Russian talks broke down Thursday with zero results, Ukraine was hit by a massive cyber attack warning its citizens to be afraid and expect the worst. And Russia, which has massed more than 100,000 troops on its neighbor's frontier, released TV pictures on Friday of more forces being deployed to the area. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman.
4: We have made it clear and we told the Russians directly again today that if Russia further invades Ukraine,
9: I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com.
23: Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Kids going to
22: college is on the decline.
24: College enrollment is at a 50-year low. It continued to drop last year and nearly 1 million fewer students enrolled in college compared to 2019. That's according to a report from the National Student Clearinghouse. The rate of college enrollment has been trending downward in recent years and was made worse by the pandemic. That has education experts concerned that a growing number of students are shunning higher education as a cultural shift instead of a short-term effect of pandemic disruptions. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg.
22: The Supreme Court on Thursday blocked the Biden administration from enforcing its sweeping vaccine or test requirements for large private companies. The OSHA mandate required that workers at businesses with 100 or more employees get vaccinated or submit to a negative COVID test weekly to enter the workplace. That has been found unconstitutional. USA Radio News.
5: The greatest radio shows of all time. Frank
11: Sinatra as Rocky Fortune.
5: Classic radio theater.
11: Matt Dillon, United States Marshal.
15: The story of Dr. Kildare. The Pepsodent Show, starring Bob Hope.
22: The greatest radio shows of all time, Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. On this radio station or wherever podcasts are served, just by searching for Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. That's Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. The Biden administration's policies in his first year in office have sent inflation skyrocketing as a result. Republican Representative Ralph Norman on Newsmax says Biden's policies is making one-term President Democrat Jimmy Carter look like a hero. Well,
12: it's have a devastating impact on Americans. This is all self-inflicted by this by the Biden administration. At the end of 20, the inflation was 1.5%. Now, uh, over 7%. I'm in the, the home building business. For homes, which is the, the forerunner of the economy because of all the things that it, it impacts, Uh, it's going to be a a tough next couple of months. It's all self-inflicted from gas prices to car prices uh, to not being able to get food and the supply chain. You know, what's shocking, you know, we can send a man to the moon and get him back and we can't unload cargo ships. Uh, So it's having a devastating effect and going to have uh, apparently for the next several months. And this administration is tone deaf.
22: The James Webb Space Telescope is the world's most powerful space telescope and took nearly 30 years to deploy. Now it's almost at its home one million miles from Earth. It trails our planet in an orbit around the sun. The telescope is currently around 711,000 miles away from Earth, almost 80% of the way to its final destination. To put this in perspective, the moon is closer to Earth than the James Webb Telescope at this point. It should be noted it won't be fully operable until the middle of summer.
1: that's 800-817-2968.
18: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon. Fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
2: Welcome back to the program. Get with the program. Get with it. Get to it. I'm talking about... Um, we got, uh, some Ricks, well, I'll give you some Ricks, We're we're going to talk about these wildcard games on the other side with Ken Thompson, and I'll throw in my two cents. Also, Rory Ross from the Book of Boba Fett, he plays an Oakland Raider. What's that? Oh, a Tuscan Raider. Benji Brown from Helium Buffalo will join us, uh, as well. Good to see. The Atlantic League, you might remember that's an indie league that is kind of like the, uh, the guinea pig league for MLB and last year they said "Um, forget 60 feet 6 inches what if we go 61 feet 6 inches like well that all means everybody has to really learn how to pitch again no they don't it'll cut down on strikeouts well guess what they're getting rid of that screw it they tried it and it sucked so not to worry about that And also, they're getting rid of the automatic ball strike system. The robot umps. That's what I wanted. Get rid of, I always hate it when people said, hey man. (laughs) So they started off. Hey man, you need the human factor. The human factor means mistakes. People are flawed. We're dumb. We make mistakes. We hold grudges. We don't see things right. The ball hit the ground first. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. I'm standing right here. Look at the replay. Oh, I guess he caught it. That's just how people are. You want to remove that element if you can. But the Atlantic League, just to let you know, that 61-foot, 6-inch thing, that's done. And I'm glad. That was stupid. Just tell hitters to quit trying to hit a home run on, every. you know, the uh, exit velocity and the uh, arc angle on this. It's like, just... Let's just try and get a basic? hit. 1 800 878 play. We've got Ken Thompson, Roy Ross, Benji Brown, comedian, all in this hour. 1 800 play to call if somebody doesn't show up. Tiddling Sports with Rick Tittle on Facebook, Twitter at Rick Tittle. Come on back.
20: What are you so happy about? I'm on the pill. Aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her, me. Uh, you lost me there, buddy
19: Right now, sports betting is the fastest growing
16: industry in the world. To consistently cash tickets at the sports books, it's best to be armed with the right plays from the best sports bettors in the business. That's what you'll get at AgainstTheNumber.com. At AgainstTheNumber.com, you'll get specialists with decades of experience betting multiple sports at a high level and many sports specific packages from the NFL to college basketball to cricket to soccer to the European tour that gives you a consistent edge on the sports book for a highly skilled reasonably priced team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only beating the books at their own game. Visit againstthenumber.com. That's against the number.com
6: titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is not key. So handsome. He's a genius.
2: All right. Thanks for that. And uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on AFN. When we get Ken Thompson, we'll put him on the air. How about that? Um, an interesting uh, headline in sports with the, I don't even know what is more up to date at this point, whether Djokovic has been kicked out of Australia or not. But the latest I have heard is that he has had his visa canceled for a second time, just three days before he's supposed to start playing. And um, so now he's facing deportation. I've always thought that deportation is the wrong word in this situation. That. That to me is when you're in a country and you're there for a while, then they're like, get out. Is it really deportation when you are there for a day and you're not trying to live there? But whatever. I guess that's true. By the way, I see that um, San Jose is trying to get a vote across that says illegal aliens can have the right to vote. How about that? The idea of a sanctuary city, if you can get past everyone, if you can get past the cops, if you can make it here, you're going to be safe. All right. Rick, stick to sports. I'll stick to sports. <laughs> <laughs> but today, immigration minister Alex Hawk, he stated that he has now used ministerial discretion, I like that, to cancel his visa due to, quote, public interest. And shortly after Hawk made the ruling, Djokovic's lawyers began yet another appeal in an effort to get Djokovic's visa cancellation overturned and had an after-hours hearing in federal Circuit and Family Court. Remember, it's already Saturday over there. So this probably has been going on through the night. The original judge, a guy named Anthony Kelly, he ruled that Djokovic could remain in Australia despite being unvaccinated against COVID-19. And uh, he apparently was at this hearing. Um, I guess probably called in, I would imagine, by Joker's... um, Lawyers to be an advocate for him and an Aussie, you know, uh, lawyer or judge, I should say, because you know, remember, Djokovic had been given an exemption, so Djokovic's lawyer Nick Wood, um, and sometimes when I am whittling, I will Nick Wood. He informed Kelly that he hoped an appeal would be heard on Sunday which would mean Djokovic could have his visa reinstated and be able to begin the Oz Open, which uh, starts on Monday. And uh, this is what CBS said. Djokovic's lawyers need to get him two urgent orders. One is an injunction preventing his deportation, like the order he gained last week. The second would make Hawk grant Djokovic a visa to play. Isn't that interesting? An injunction because he doesn't have an injection. Does anybody else see that one? Do you see that one, Daniel? An injunction? Okay. Uh, (laughs) In Australia, uh, a government official granting a citizen a visa uh, happens very rarely, according to the AP. Adrian Peterson? Yes, him. He said that. Right? So Djokovic now has to return to an immigration detention center, and he has to meet with Australian border force officials on Saturday morning. I like the fact that it's the only country that's also a continent, but they talk about border. What's your border? The beach. Is that really a border? I don't know if there is or not, but if Djokovic uh, ends up being deported, uh, then he automatically, because he's been denied twice, will be banned for three years. I'm sure they'll overturn that somehow. All right, we still have some time left in this segment. Let's go to our guy at againstthenumber.com, which is a highly skilled team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only, beating the sports books at their own game. They cover every sport worldwide, from the NFL to college basketball to soccer to cricket to tennis to European hockey, and all of them are proven winners. They offer full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one year specialist specific packages their prices are reasonable. Their tracking and distribution process is simple, and the results are real. And that opening read took up the rest of the segment. Now, our friend Ken Thompson is here. Uh, Ken, mouth-watering weekend, wild card games. We got two on Saturday. Let's start off with the Raiders and the Bengals. We know the Raiders were 6-7. and seven. They had to win four in a row, all close, all by hook or by crook. They made it uh, due to some... You know, field goals being missed and dumb coaching decisions on the other side. The Bengals, though, are feeling super confident. Division winners, they're at home, uh, and uh, the Raiders are getting five and a half. What do you think?
28: Well, you know, sometimes teams of destiny, I mean, the Raiders were. I didn't agree with uh, kicking the field goal, even though Carlson's perfect at Allegiant Stadium. I was just like, God, if it's ever blocked and returned, how do you even face your fan base? Right. But they got it, and it all looks good in the box score, so to speak. They knocked the Chargers out, and... Even though we know Franco didn't catch that ball, they helped out the Steelers again. So uh, good good news for Pittsburgh. But, you know, here's the thing. Raiders, as we say here in Vegas, playing with house money. Going in, uh, Waller, uh, second game will be much more effective. You could see he was rusty, nine targets, only two receptions. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Use Mariota a little bit more. Keep the defense off balance there for Cincinnati. And uh, get in the face of Joe Burrow. And Max Crosby leads that charge 51 times. he's He's been sacked. So you know what? Put him on his wallet a few times. Let him know you're there. Don't leave Jamar Chase wide open. And, you know, Raiders are going to have a chance to win this game.
2: So do you like them to cover then?
28: Yes, for sure. <clears throat> I, I took the Raiders' money line, and I took them plus 6.5 before it quickly dropped to 6. And now, like you said, 5.5 pretty much everywhere.
2: Very interesting. The night game tomorrow night an uh, AFC East, the Tilt, the Bills and the Pats, they have uh, traded – Uh, victories this year we know that the Patriots own the Bills for 20 years but of course that's when Monsieur Brady was there that game up at uh, what do they call Rich Stadium now something stupid but that game up there really not that long ago maybe about a month ago you had horrifying uh, flurries and the Patriots ran the ball a million times and won so um, they're also getting four and a half as I see how do you like New England at Buffalo?
28: I like Buffalo a lot. I think Buffalo is going to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I know people say that every year, but they're the only team I really feel can handle Kansas City, even at Arrowhead. So, uh, you know, I look at this team, as long as Josh Allen runs me uh, five or six times downfield, he's so effective. He doesn't run, you know, just trying to get out of bounds. He runs with conviction, opens it up, keeps the defense honest, has plenty of good receivers, decent running game, but a solid defense, good special teams. I think it's the most complete team. In the AFC. And New England's seven game winning streak was fraudulent against a lot of weak teams. And uh, yeah, they beat him there in Buffalo, and Mac Jones threw the ball three times. But you're not going to have 30, 35 mile an hour gusts there. It's going to be windy, maybe 10 to 12 miles an hour, four to five degrees. That's perfect for Josh Allen, who played at Laramie in college, and uh, he'll fit right in there. I think Buffalo rolls eventually and wins the game by double digits.
2: Let's take a look at uh, the – got time, if you can get in in a minute. The Niners at the Cowboys, great games over their history. Um, uh, The Cowboys at home, I'm surprised that they're only a three-point favorite. What do you think?
28: There you go, and you got Kittle. You don't have the late Dwight Clark, but you do have Kittle, man. And how about a guy with only 10 yards worth of receiving against the Rams, but they still find a way to win. So got to give that team credit. They got off the mat. They got a great pass rush. They're going to get in the face of Dak Prescott, and that's how you beat them, up the middle, get a pass rush, get the hands up, make some plays. Stay on Schultz, the tight end, because that's Dak's favorite right now, him and and Cedric Wilson, not Cooper and uh, CeeDee Lamb anymore. So, you know, slow down Pollard and Elliott, and I think the Niners have a great chance to win. They're playing with house money, too, because the improbable comeback against the Rams last week, pretty special if you're a Niners fan.
2: It's Ken Thompson. Check out that and all the other numbers at againstthenumber.com. Ken, thanks a lot, and uh, have fun this weekend.
28: You got it, Rick Kittle. Have a great weekend yourself, bud.
2: Thanks. All right. Uh, Better late than never. We got three games in. We'll talk about the other ones as well. Coming up next, Rory Ross, who's in The Book of Boba Fett. Come on back.
1: That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
5: Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities,
1: that's 800-760-1845.
13: I'm 33% sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
2: That's fantastic. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle, with you coast to coast, around the world, on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure now to be joined by actor Rory Ross. He is in The Book of Boba Fett, which is now streaming, of course, on uh, Disney+, and he plays a uh, Tuscan raider. Rory, what's it like to? Because Star Wars came out when I was twelve in 1977. Kind of old, and we all did our own little Star Wars films, and we all dreamed about being in a Star Wars. So for you to get in part of this canon, how cool is that?
29: It's it's amazing. I mean, for me, obviously, you know, Star Wars. Um, I wasn't I wasn't around when the first OG came out in 77. But uh, for me, you know, having having Star Wars being such a, an important part of my life. For me, you know, it started when I was six years old. I was in the hospital and I had a rare fungus. And while that was all happening, I was in there for about a month because my scalp was literally falling off. And my mom, she brought in Star Wars: A New Hope. And for me, seeing Luke Skywalker's journey and how his impact of hope and inspiration and showing that you can you can carry on, uh, that gave me the hope that I needed that I was going to be okay because it was just it was just a crazy moment for me of being in the hospital and so young, feeling vital, full of life, and then all of a sudden, you know, seeing people that, that were in the same room with me that got better, and there were others that, that didn't. And so, you know, just at such a young age and having such a traumatic event, the story of Star Wars and Luke's journey really gave me the hope that I needed that I was going to be okay. And so that's something that has really been an important part of my life throughout. And so to finally have a, a chance and a moment to actually be a character in Star Wars, part of the canon... And to see these stories come to life and, and to continue to have such a lasting impact on so many people is is indescribable and will continue to be something I hold so dear for, for
2: me personally. That's very cool. Rare Fungus is the name of my bluegrass band, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> now, now we can laugh about it now, but if you don't mind me asking, what on earth was it? Was it some kind of black fungus that was in your house or something? No. So I
29: grew up in Iowa, and I had... I uh, grew up on an exotic farm. Uh, we had emus, ostriches, Russian boars—all this kind of stuff. And I guess somehow um, I got uh, some kind of rare fungus, of Trichophyton varicosum. but it uh, basically got on, on my scalp. And I thought it was just my hair falling out. And you know, <laughs> even at that age, I was like, "Oh, that's you know, that that sucks." But I didn't realize my mom uh, was being a trooper and really trying to kind of hide the full aspect of it and. You know, she was, the, the scalp was falling off, and I just remember going to the local hospital. We are trying to figure out what was happening. We sent a uh, sample of my scalp to the CDC in Atlanta, and they didn't know what was going on. And so it just became this whole thing, and I just remember the finally one day they had me go to the back of the hospital. They wrapped my head in a towel, and they said, go to Iowa City Children's Hospital, which is 30 minutes away. They said, don't stop. Don't go home. Go straight there. So we rushed out over there, and I remember – it sort of seemed like a, a scene from the, like a zombie movie where there was a hazmat suit crew who took me into this room, went through a whole decontamination process, and uh, was like kind of kind of kept me quarantined for uh, for a bit. And we went through several different surgeries, um, just trying to figure out what was happening. And I was there for, for like I said, I think for about a month. And then even after that, I kept going back. But it was just amazing to to have Star Wars you know that first day my mom went to the media library and when she brought that it just it's my first introduction to star wars and so it's something that is so important to my life and growing up on a farm i left home when i was 13 and it's sort of like luke where luke was like hey tattooing the the farm life isn't for me i i feel like there's something more out there for me and that was sort of the same thing too so again star wars has just been something that's permeated throughout my entire life and it's I you know it's indescribable to say of like how important that aspect is and and to now be a part of this amazing universe and hopefully give some hope and inspiration to others and and the listeners out there.
2: That's a a, it is an amazing story. The parallels too. You you weren't in Iowa. You weren't on a moisture farm, were you?
29: (laughs) No, I mean much more more of a a corn. We had corn soybean, and we had we had Texas longhorns. We also had a pet store. At one point, we had two African lion cubs. It was it was a very unique and interesting upbringing, um, and you know there's there's definitely things that I look fondly at it, but there was definitely where just like Luke, you know, I, I tried to do the farmer, I tried to wear the overalls and then you know go out there plow the fields and all this kind of stuff. Where I tried to be a cowboy and wear the cowboy boots and got pretty good at the lasso, but at the same time, I was really bad at riding a horse. I have plenty of stories there, but uh, it, it just it just wasn't a fit, and so. I you know I left at at thirteen, and uh, went to Seattle, and and that's where I sort of started my own kind of new life, in a sense.
2: Very very cool story. We're speaking with Rory Ross, book of Boba Fett. I mentioned Tusken Raider. Now, here's the thing: we think, or at least I think, of Tusken Raiders as bad guys, but you're you're an ally. You're an ally, aren't you?
29: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's really interesting because uh, when you look at A New Hope, obviously when we first see. They were considered sand people there. You know, we saw them as kind of barbaric. And then you see them in episode three with Anakin, and he says he slaughtered them like, like animals and savages. And so that's really the only context a lot of people have seen. And so now with Book of Boba Fett and fleshing through the story, and I, I won't spoil it for those that haven't seen it yet, but it really humanizes them. It gives them a very a fuller, a fuller aspect. We see their society, their culture, and we understand, start to understand that there are, there are several different tribes and those tribes aren't all the same. They all have their different experiences and personalities and things like this. And what one tribe does doesn't mean that the rest of other tribes or even members of that tribe are exactly the same or will treat you in the same way, just like us as people. And I hope something of that really gets to uh, that people understand and and uh, and see.
2: How many haters are like, that's not you under all that makeup? Quit lying. <laughs>
29: You know, surprisingly, I haven't had too many people, and and maybe that's because, you know, I have uh, several friends that I've made uh, from set, you know, that is from costume and other places, and maybe they're seeing that they're also liking the photos, so there's credibility there. Uh, Disney's pretty pretty restrictive on terms of, you know, especially if you're taking any on-set photos unless you're a main cast member, uh, and so... Trying to trying to see if Disney would would be down to, to release a photo of me as a Tuscan Raider, but um, one of the cool things is we're trying to reach out to Disney about doing it doing a Tuscan watch party, and so myself and uh, my my buddy Warren Pru, who uh, he's already said he's the stand in on Kenobi, so that's already been out there, and I'm also on Kenobi as a stormtrooper, but we won't be talking <laughs> about <laughs> Kenobi because obviously can't say too much about that. But what's really cool is we're going to do the watch party and kind of give the behind the scenes commentary sort of thing. And then we're trying to figure out if it's, you know, donation or tickets, but all the proceeds from that will be going to Iowa City Children's Hospital, which, again, is where my Star Wars story began in a way of kind of paying it forward and and helping the very place that, that gave me the hope that I needed and as well as, you know, with the, the place of my birth of Star
2: Wars. Very cool. Last question for you. I mean, y- this is an action series, obviously, and there's, uh, you know, you're raiding a train, you're doing so much, so... If you weren't athletic, if you didn't look like you could fight, it, it, w- it wouldn't work. So how much did you have to, like, hone those aspects?
29: <laughs> well, I, this might be a little disappointing to hear, unfortunately. Um, when it comes to, I, I, did, I did run, and I will say I, I had to keep pace with Joanna Bennett, who plays as the Tuscan warrior when we were doing the scene of chasing Boba. Um, and that was, that was pretty crazy because, you know, when you're doing the takes, you have to get different angles and things like that. So you, are, you are taking up. You are running, uh, but typically when it comes to the stunt aspects, those are the stunt players. Mm-hmm. So uh, Joanna Bennett was was you know she's been amazing. She's been on uh, you know uh, Justice League with Gal Gadot and and doing the stunt double there as well as Captain Marvel, and she was she was fantastic.
2: So did you, did you get a complex like when they said uh, yeah you've been casted uh, as a Tuscan Raider and a Stormtrooper? And do you think what am I too ugly? <laughs>
27: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, for
29: me, to be completely honest, it's been amazing to, to be a part of, of the universe just in general, but I've been asking them ever since I got on Boba uh, to put me in whatever they want to as long as my face isn't seen And the hopes of the, the dream about being a Jedi. I, I say uh, uh, born, to, born to be a Jedi, the, the Jedi that I, I believe I was born to be. And, um, you know, my, my hope, especially with, uh, you know, those fans, current with the mandalorian you know season two we saw luke skywalker and he is now around and so my my ultimate dream and the manifestation sort of aspect that i want to put out there is that i would love to be luke Skywalker's student at his jedi academy should they show that because that would just be a full circle and, and being just an amazing experience to be a part of his training and, and you know kind of having this weird sort of meta experience of you know, receiving that, that, that training from Luke would be just a crazy, and, and to be that Jedi, and, and hopefully to uh, those that watch that, if that were to happen, um, you know, also inspire them that their dreams can come true, and, and you know, just got to make a small step in the right direction every day.
2: That's Rory Ross, and as you can tell, this isn't just a, a gig. This is a labor of love. He is on The Book of Boba Fett, streaming now on Disney+. Plus. The pride of Walla Walla. Hey, Rory, man, thanks for stopping by, (laughs) and congratulations.
29: Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate it.
2: All right, no doubt. And I always wondered, you know, when you look at those guys at, uh, like, Gorilla Rilla, I know what Gorilla Rilla looks like. One time when we were at uh, Oakland City Hall, he took off his mask to talk to me. But I always thought, does that count as getting on TV, if that could be anybody under the mask? (laughs) You know, it's like, hey, I got on TV. Was that really you? Yeah, it was me. What were you wearing? I was wearing a skull mask. Oh. What do the writers have to do with skulls? He's like, Just go with me there. All right, sounds good. All right, we'll take a break and we'll talk to comedian Benji Brown on the other side. Come on back.
13: breath
3: my's virtual meditation studio has never been busier imagine not working they need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling blank calendar sorry back to your breath indeed can help them hire great people fast i need indeed indeed you do make calls schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard visit indeed.com credit and get 75 dollars towards your first sponsored job terms and conditions apply
18: Angie's List is now Angie. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or you're planning your dream renovation, Angie connects you with top local pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, compare quotes, and book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com and for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen
13: Tittle is a majestic stallion.
2: So majestic. I'm telling you right now. I don't think it gets more majestic than uh, than with your boy. That's the way it usually works. one 800 878 played, Gets you in and gets you heard. We have our uh, all-pro first and second teams, all-pro first team, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Running back, Jonathan Taylor. Number one at each position except three wide receivers. Mark Andrews, and we'll put Benji Brown on the air when we get him. Mark Andrews is the tight end. Wide receiver is Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup. Debo Samuel, first team. He's great. I got no problem with that. Ta- tackles Trent Williams and Tristan Viffs. <clears throat> Um, Your guards are Joel Batonio and Zach Martin. All he's done has been first team All-Pro since he came out of Notre Dame. I remember the Cowboys... Uh, Jerry Jones wanted to draft Johnny Football so bad, and Steven said no, Zach Martin. Center, Jason Kelsey. First team defense, TJ Watt. The Raiders took Gary Conley instead of him. I was begging for them to take him. The other edge, number one overall pick, Miles Garrett. Uh, defensive tackles, Aaron Donald and Cameron Hayward. Your linebackers, uh, Darius Leonard with the Colts. Micah Parsons, who's a rook, might be Defensive Player of the Year. Devondre Campbell. With the pack. Your corners are Trevon Diggs and Jalen Ramsey. Safeties, Kevin Byard. And how about Jordan Poyer with the Bills making the team? First team special teams. <clears throat> Your place kicker is Justin Tucker. Could have been Daniel Carlson. A.J. Cole, the Raiders, the punter. He makes it. Braxton Berrios, the kicker-turner for the Jets. David DuVernay, not Rebecca, uh, punt returner for the Ravens. Your special teamer is JT Gray, and your long snapper is Luke Rhodes. You can basically take any long snapper that didn't hike it over the guy's head. Second team offense, Tom Brady, no running back. How does that work, that there's no running back? You can't throw somebody a bone. Tight end, Travis Kelsey. (laughs) I guess he didn't get enough votes. Two wide receivers, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Chase is a rookie. Rashawn Slater of the Chargers and Lane Johnson are the second-team tackles. Your guards, Quentin Nelson of the Colts, Wyatt Teller of the Browns, and your center is Corey Lindsley of, I want to say San Diego, Chargers. Second-team defense, uh, Max Crosby gets a nod with Robert Quinn. Your tackles are Chris Jones and Jeffrey Simmons. Your linebackers are DeMario Davis, Roquan Smith, and Bobby Wagner. Your corners are J.C. Jackson, A.J. Terrell. And uh, the safety, think about this. There was a three-way tie. So there are three second-team safeties, Justin Simmons of the Broncos, Micah Hyde of the Bills, and Buddha Baker of the Cards. Second-team special teams, there's Daniel Carlson as your place kicker, so he can still say he's all-pro, all-pro parenthetically second-team, which is true. Brian Anger or Anger with the Cowboys is your punter, kick returner, Andre Roberts, punt returner, Joachim Grant, Chargers, Bears, respectively. Your special teamer, it's a tie, Matthew Slater of New England and Ashton Doolin of Indianapolis Colts. And your long snapper is Josh Harris of the Atlanta Falcons. All right, uh, speaking of the Cowboys, Amari Cooper, was fined $14,650 for violating the league's COVID-19 policy. He violated the policy after he was unmasked at a Mavericks game. According to league policy, unvaxxed players can go to a sporting event as long as they're wearing a mask, must be in a luxury suite with no more than 10 people. And uh, he was sitting courtside with no mask. So remember, he missed two games this season after having been positive with COVID-19. 68 passes for 865 yards and eight touchdowns. Production trailed off a little bit from last couple years. I'd still rather have him than Jonathan Abram, which was the guy we got with that pick. Uh, Cooper admitted that he is bothered by his uh, lack of targets. By the way, he said, we're not really as explosive as we should be we're not converting a lot of their turnovers into touchdowns a lot of them are field goals and i feel like i could be a huge part of that so that's what frustrates me i think i can do more in the red zone if i get some targets i can do more on third down if i get the targets to help offense to be what it needs to be i think i can definitely help change that and there's a sale at target and um by the way uh this is something you might not know if your team wins the wild card game, you get a $21,000 bonus. And if you lose the wild card game, you get a $19,000 bonus. It's only two grand extra <laughs> for winning. And two grand is about what they play uh, pay at Nobu when they go out there for dinner. I know that when I went to Nobu 57 in Manhattan, it was over 200 bucks. But you know what you're getting into. It's not really that French laundry type of stuff. But... Getting back to my picks, I did um, the Bengals and the Raiders. I'm taking the Bengals. I hope the Raiders prove me wrong. The Bills and the Patriots, <clears throat> Bill Belichick, he knows how to stop them. Eh, I'm still going with the Bills. Now we get to the Sunday games. The I thought the biggest mish, mismatch of the weekend was Eagles-Bucks. It's actually Chiefs-Steelers, according to Vegas. But the Bucks are favored by 8.5. That's more than a touchdown, kids and a two-point conversion over the Eagles. And you can talk about, uh, you know, Tom Brady has never covered in the playoffs against the NFC East. He is 0-4. That's just a gambler's stat. That's nothing real. Um, could the Eagles shock the Bucks? Remember the Bucks went into that game against Washington at this phase last year, and Taylor Heineke almost won that game single-handedly. And you could argue that was the Bucks' toughest playoff game <laughs> last year. Uh, so, uh, I don't give the Eagles much chance. Will they cover? I don't know. That's not what I'm picking here. But the Bucks are at home, and they'll win that game. You got, how about them, Cowboys against the 49ers? The 49ers are a sneaky team because they got a lot of talent, especially on defense. Debo Samuel is a one-man offensive machine, whether he's playing wide receiver, slot back, or tailback, He can definitely get after it. And so um I'm actually going to go out on a limb and take the Cowboys, but Rick they're favored. I know, but everybody's going with the Niners. All right, we got him, comedian Benji Brown, stand-up specialist at Helium Buffalo. He's got a couple of shows tonight, a couple of shows on Saturday, and doing a Sunday show as well. Benji, welcome to the program, man. And um, I was just thinking, uh, you know, you're kind of a warm weather guy, so what's it like being in Buffalo in January?
25: <laughs> this is old, anti-Miami-like, man. How you doing, Rick? I am I mean, I, I got on my plane in Miami. It was 75 degrees. It was uh, sunny. Palm trees, beaches, women half dress. I get up here and I'm looking out my window. There's like a, there's cocaine all on the ground.
10: <laughs> it, 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 it's
25: unclaimed. No one's claiming it. This is crazy. I, I'm still trying to thaw out. I, I'm freezing, man. But I'm going to bring the heat uh, on the stage here at Helium uh, Comedy Club. I, I, I got no choice but to heat it up.
2: Well, it's an exciting times up there. You got a Bills playoff game as well. Are you, are you feeling the excitement in town?
25: It is uh, so much. Uh, I, I see Bills Mafia's T-shirts and the scullies, Uh These fans are so ready. Uh, I, I mean, last year I even said it to myself. I said last year was their their teenage years. The pro- now it's, it's it's time to graduate. I think. Uh, I, I think this year they're they out to prove something. Even with some uh, some uh, key injuries at a certain position like corner, but I think Josh Allen. You got a leader like that. I I love uh, Coach McDermott. I, I I I'm a Dolphin fan, but good. I gracious. I I admired his Buffalo team. They're
2: so physical. You know what? It's funny, those Bill's Mafia, that term, because you never see, you know, Bill's Gestapo, Bill's Inquisition. The the, the Mafia, (laughs) they're murderers and criminals, but I I guess it's okay to say that.
25: Right. Right. You know, it's it's okay because these guys really are... uh... They're like the, the the movies that I was love, The Good Fellas
10: and mm. uh, Casino.
25: <laughs> I think they're gonna. I mean, they they are really that team. I really believe that uh, they're gonna make some noise. Uh, and uh, so tomorrow kicks off uh, with uh, with their game. I'm like, man, I I, I want to miss my show and go to the game. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> a, this is the hot chicken in town. I'm up against the the I'm up against the Bills.
2: You'll get the true comedy fans, though, if they're not going to the game. That
25: is so true. That is so true. <laughs> like, Why? Are you guys not Bill fans? Well, thank you for coming. But,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb, Benji, and say you didn't like that Brian Flores got fired.
25: Oh, my gosh. I was so shocked. It, 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 the alert came through while I'm drinking my coffee. Uh, oof, that outfit won't be worn again. I spilled it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean. I couldn't believe it. I mean, back-to-back winning seasons. I thought about it. I said, we hadn't done that maybe since Dave Wanstead, Ricky Williams. Maybe. And uh, this is his prize, this parting I don't get the ownership. What is going
2: on? Well, yeah, Now, what do you think? I know that a lot of Bills fans would say, oh, we should have taken Herbert, but it's too late. You got Tua. Tua has shown some flashes, and yeah. uh, it's too early to give up on him, obviously. But some people say, no, it is time. Well, what do you think about Tua?
25: To, uh, uh, man, I love him. I, I, you know, I liked him a lot at, at uh, Alabama, and, and uh, so I think uh, he needs – I mean, we had a defensive coach. Brian Flores is a very good defensive coach, uh, and I think there was really no consensus about the offensive uh, philosophy so much. So I think, you know, he had uh, co-coordinators. I saw, I, 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 I you know, I see it sometimes in college. No doubt. But I don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. But 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 when it comes to to the NFL, <laughs> it's like you got to the, the offensive coordinators have uh, bunk beds in the office. They're together, <laughs> 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 and so maybe you know I'm 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 going to go ahead and try to do some rounds here and try to peek uh, to give throw up, throw up, throw my hat in the ring with uh, the offensive coordinator for Buffalo. Maybe I mean he worked with two at Alabama. I, I'm just uh, looking at it, Brian Dable. Can we get him? I mean maybe he could could take him to the next level and make people say, "Hey, we don't need a Justin Herbert." A <laughs> Herbert would have something told me he was going to be good. Well, uh, maybe Brian could do something with uh, if he's the guy, somebody who could uh, mm-hmm. take Tua to the next level.
2: Do uh, you I mean, have just, just last like Yeah, last dolphin uh, question is there a head coach out there that you would like to see come in and take over now that Flores is gone?
25: Uh, you know, I'm thinking uh, Brian Dable, and I'm thinking, maybe, I mean, Stephen Ross, the owner. I mean, he's, he's probably the biggest, the richest Michigan alum. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh bring bring bring, it, bring your guy here to Miami, down to Miami, and, uh, and uh, get that. I don't know, just the fan base round. That we're confused right now. We don't know if we, if we want to go left or right. I, I don't. I just, uh, I'll just enjoy what we've been doing for the longest. We'll just be playoff spectators. That's what so it's what we do. Attending other people's Super Bowl parties and watch parties. Playoff. It just its so long. I can't recall. I don't know when I last. Maybe the Colts was our last playoff win. Maybe? <laughs> I don't
6: remember. That's a
23: long time. It That's has. a long
2: time. All right. Well, listen, uh, if you're in Buffalo and uh, you didn't get tickets or you just want to see some good old comedy Tonight, there's no game, so obviously you're going to go. Uh, two oh, yeah. <laughs> shows, Saturday two shows, and a Sunday night game. In fact, you can actually uh, probably, if you are if you do it right, maybe squeeze in both. Let's do that.
25: Yeah, yeah, squeeze in both. Hey, just get in there, folks. It's going to be a dandy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Heliumcomedy.com for your tickets. Hey, Benji, if you're ever in San Francisco, come on in the studio. We'd love to have you.
25: Oh, I will let you know, man. I love the
2: baby. We'll Alright, good stuff, Benji Brown, everybody, <laughs> Buffalo Helium. I'm Rick Tittle, come on back.
4: I will be
1: please 800-756-3744 800-756-3744 800-756-3744 that's 800-756-3744
17: if you're taking a calcium supplement it's probably not doing what you think it is
0: I'm sorry,
20: it's the, it's the pleats. It's, a, it's actually an optical illusion. It's the pattern on the pants the, it's not fla- flattering in the, the crotchal region. I'm actually taking them back right now, taking them back to the, the pants store.
13: Tittle is a majestic stallion.
2: Well, two more games to get to with all the guests I had. <clears throat> so uh, I'm uh, I'm picking the Cowboys to beat the Niners. The Chiefs, and of course, Garoppolo will get blamed even if he throws five touchdown passes. He'll get blamed by the Niner fans who hate him. The Chiefs and the Steelers, this is the game that Vegas thinks is the biggest wash. The Steelers are getting 12 and a half. Now I know the Chiefs are Good, but they're not even the one seed in the conference. The Steelers got in by the skin of their tie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is this how Roethlisberger goes out getting an abject beatdown? I just don't see it. I see the Chiefs winning, but I see him winning by 10. So I think they cover. And then Monday night football playoff game. I know there ain't no such animal. Now there is. Because we'll have the Rams hosting the cards, and this one is anybody's guess. I'm going to go with the Cardinals because the Rams just look flat. They just look flat, at least in the second half against the Niners. And the Cardinals, they're just a lot more fun to watch, in my opinion. Uh, Have a great weekend. We'll be back at 9 a.m. Monday to talk about it on Titillating Sports.